We've all got our switches, lights, and knobs to deal with, Striker. I mean, down here, there are literally hundreds and thousands of blinking, beeping, and flashing lights. Blinking and beeping and flashing. They're flashing and they're beeping. I can't stand it anymore. They're blinking and beeping and flashing. Why doesn't somebody call them? There's no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> singing. Which direction we are going. There's no knowing where we're rowing. Or which way the river's flowing Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a-blowing? <laughs> Not a speck of light is showing So the danger must be growing Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing for the rowers keep on rowing and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing Spaders. Run, girls, save yourselves. John over there was just saying, you know John, lovely fella, married to uh, Patricia, I think it is, and her mother worked in the credit union, you might remember, absolutely crippled with the old gallstones, so she was. Christ almighty. And the gallstones, well now, they're no joke. Never mind Dickie Donegan. By God, he was tortured. Well, the gallstones the size of golf balls they were. And what did John say, Colin, for the love of God? What did he say? He was telling me there, John was, that every being in the place is talking about Sarah's frog. Oh, really? Jesus, but this is an ordeal. Well, at least I got a good day for it, Mary. I'll tell you, I was at one there up in the cathedral last week. By God, the wind could have cut you in two. Fierce it was. And now, I don't mind uh, a bit of a breeze. If anything, I prefer it. But Don was aggressive, and I says to myself, says I, Colm, this is no day for a do. And as it turns out... Can I just stop you there, Colm? Surely, Mary, go ahead. Oh, no, nothing to say. I just really, really need you to stop talking. Fair enough. Speaking of money, how about the 20 bucks you owe me? Oh, yeah. Well, I only got 10, so here's 10 and I owe you 10. Thanks. Hey, Mo, you owe me 20. Well, here's 10 and I'll owe you 10. Uh-uh, you owe me 20. Here's 10 I owe you 10. Here's the 10 I owe you. Here's the 10 I owe you. Here's the 10 I owe you. Good. Now we're all even. Ben is mighty, you've been the gun. 
his You want to waste your time? Do it someplace else. But don't mess with mine. Who are you? Name's Tony. Well, as long as you're standing there, you're wasting my time. And my time ain't cheap. So I suggest you clear out now. You want to take my class? Your name goes on a waiting list. If you want to talk to him, you talk to me. And who might you be? Orlando. Choreographer. Dancer. Ah. So this bit of amateur dancing that my class was so privileged to witness was your conception. Come on, man. Let's get out of here. But since we're all here, why don't you show us what you've got? You owe me seven dollars, man. Yeah? What for? For teaching you how to dance, sucker. <laughs> And now this part. If you want to steal my girl, you'll have to fight me for her. Stop playing that lovely song and put up your dukes. Fry, there's nothing to be jealous of. I've been sitting here paying my bills online. Dude, you broke my reed. You owe me like a dollar. You'll have to kill me for it. Just stop, you two. I've had that ring for 20 years. It's irreplaceable. I want my dollar. And now, I don't mind a bit of a breeze. If anything, I prefer it. But Don was aggressive. So I says to himself, says I, Colm, this is no day for a do. What's happening? For when the bride arrived, and as I say, by this stage, the wind was fierce. My dad. I've never heard wind like it. Is this my wake? Howling like a banshee it was. Am I in hell? So the poor girl, the bride now this is, she arrives anyway, and isn't she no sooner out of the car... And she's lifted up in the air like a pepper doll and blown into a flower bed. That's actually quite funny. I had Foggy make that. Uh, I didn't have time. I said, hey, Foggy, make an intro. And one of his favorite movies is The uh, Forbidden Zone. <laughs> this is no day for a do. Stephen, what does that mean? It's no day for a do? This is Can't no- drink Mountain Dew on that day. It's just oh, not right. What's happening? <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's time for Entertainment Landfill. I am your host, the J-Strom. Welcome to the show. 
I don't do it alone. I also do it with Stephen the Pop Culture's Eye. Hey, hey, hey. What's happening? Hello, Stephen. Hello, Jason. This is no day for a do. Yes, it's no day for a do, Stephen. It's, it's a, a day for a show, not a do. Dude! Yeah, it's a day for a Diet Coke. Right? Right. Uh, Christ Almighty. Yeah. Hey, guys, what's going on? <laughs> We're doing another show, Stephen. Can you believe it? We are. How many is this in a row? We've had to is this set like three or four. This is a modern day record, I think. Let's see, <laughs> because already for the month of August, we you know three eleven. Oh, if we count the Last Witch Book Club, that's another show this month. Uh, kind of cool three ten. Grade A Grub. Okay, three oh nine three ten. 311 plus the the last wish show that's four podcasts in one month and now this one yes and now this one and this will be out before the month is up so pretty cool man let's just keep rolling steven i'm curious since i mentioned the last wish where are you with the book there i'm almost halfway all right so uh i tried to read on the plane but man that that the 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 engine noise just put me out. I was done. Have you met a certain beastly man named Nevelyn? Yes. In the story, what did you think of that story? Th- that one, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking up. You know, he's the beast that talks to him. It controls his house. Yeah. Didn't yeah. you like his uh, just the dialogue? Yeah. I thought that was pretty rich. I love that. Uh, I thought that was a really cool story. Have you gotten to the Butcher of Blaviken story? No, not yet. Okay, so I'm trying to think of what order the stories are in. and uh, But it's a good book. Steven, I'm uh, I'm not halfway through the second book, but I'm like on page 134 already. Uh, I mean... Yeah, you, I thought I'd get a lot reading on the plane. And I was like, I got all settled in, got my headphones on. I got the book down there. It's like we start taking off. It's like... All right, as soon as we do, I'm going to start reading, you know. And yeah. We take off, I pull the book out, and I'm like, mm-hmm, reading, you know, going along, and flip a couple of pages, and just they say, you know, it, those, those eyes, they start burning and closing, <laughs> oh. and I'm like. Oh, I know. And I have to keep going back and rereading the last paragraph. It's like, where did it? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. We're uh, just like, uh, oh, wait, wait, start over, start over, wait, yeah. wait, wait. Yeah, I've gotten like that. I will like get up and stand in the kitchen, like under the light, and I'll read that way, standing up. Like if I'm, I'm trying to read, but I keep getting sleepy. It's usually in the afternoon. Uh, I'll force myself to do that. Also, sitting here at the computer desk, there's not enough light, but I'll try to sit here and read. Uh, I need like a book light or something, or you know, I could read on like a little. I could get a Kindle or something, but I like yeah. the feel of the book in my hand. You know what I'm saying? If I was I kind of like if you were at home for what I'm doing, I wish I would have downloaded it. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Uh, It's easier to travel with. Oh, totally. Yeah, if you just have one of those, I like you know those. Have you ever seen the paper light Kindles they have? It's just black and white, nothing fancy. You just get the book. I kind of want something like that. Something that kind of resembles paper the way you look at it. Although, are those backlit? Because my problem is I can't see in the, uh, unless there's enough light. I need something that's backlit. I think, I think they are. Okay. I would need something backlit. <laughs> but I'm having fun reading The Witcher. I'm at the point now in the book where I just want to keep reading. Uh, like, I'm trying to work in at least an hour a day of reading. 
And uh, this is a uh, the second book of short stories, and I've blown through two of the stories, which the first one is really cool. The second one is a lot shorter, but it's still really good. But it, it's like two different th- kind of things. You know, one's more of a adventurous type of thing. The other one's more of a personal story. It's really cool how it kind of changes up. I can't wait to get into the novels. I'm really excited. So there's two books of short stories. Yes. And okay. then the novels start. And gotcha. that's what I'm trying to get to. Like after this, boom, get into the novels because there's uh, five novels. <laughs> okay. I think, I'm not sure if that know. last book, that last book is a prequel I've read that uh, the very last book uh, the, the author wrote based on The Witcher is a prequel that actually goes gotcha. before the first so novel. So kind of like a little wind through the keyhole kind yeah. of. But I've read people say, don't read that first though we'll go ahead and read the novels then read the prequel afterwards because there's right. a lot of stuff in there it's like for people who know all the stuff that happens you know even though it's, it's a like prequel. i was told to like read uh salem's lot before i got to yeah yeah uh, wolves of the cala right and this i just uh i've seen several people because i kind of done some reading up and they say there's no need to read the prequel until you're done with the novel so i'm like okay i'm just gonna go with uh what they do because uh because right now uh let's see i'm on sword of destiny that's a short story collection then the beginning of the novels is blood of elves time of contempt baptism of fire the tower of swallows lady of the lake and then finally, Season of Storms. That's the prequel book. So gotcha. there's going to be quite a bit of reading before we get to that. But I'm excited. And Stephen, like I said, just keep reading. Yeah, I may have to look at uh, doing them digitally on my uh, iPad. Yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Instead of having a stack of books, you know. They're not something I'm going to collect, like a y- King yeah. book. So I don't mm-hmm. care if they're digital or not. Yeah, do it digital. <clears throat> Now, Stephen, we have some voicemail. You want to go ahead and start off with some voicemail? Sure. All right, let's check this out. Oh, first, Foggy, roll that uh, that there uh, voicemail uh, theme music. Oh yeah, that's it. Got the right one. Got it right this time. Last week it was all. And now it's time to hear some voicemail. Now I don't know if you guys know this, but. Foggy hasn't been here for a while. We actually fired him a while back, uh, right after Bill quit the show, you know, just, you know, things weren't going well and he got a job on another podcast, but he's back now. Foggy is back. Dude. He went to Freddie Forks. (laughs) Yeah. He was working with Freddie Forks, but he's back. So he's going to be playing the drops. It's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. Howling like a banshee it was. Yes, yes. Uh, Foggy, do you have any special messages for your fans out there? Anything? Wait, did he just... I think he just insulted the audience. <laughs> All right, the first vo- voicemail. I can't talk anymore. All right. Our first voicemail is Ken. Ken Preventure, let's check it out. Well, hello, Entertainment Landfill. This is Ken calling from the west coast of the U.S., not the Bay Area. That's Adam from the Bay Area. I'm calling (laughs) from uh, the L.A. area, the SoCal branch of Mulberry. And I'm calling. uh, It's been a while since I've left a voicemail, 
maybe it's been almost or maybe over a year. But uh, rather than go over everything that's happened since then, and I don't even remember when that was, uh, I'll just talk about what's been going on lately. And it's been a fantastic listening the past few weeks. The Entertainment Landfill podcast has, has just been so great lately that I, I, I can't not say how much I enjoy it. And, um, Thank you. And uh, particularly since Jason just left a message on Facebook about what's been happening, or Patreon, I should say, what's been happening with Entertainment Landfill that, that mentions the possibility of going ahead and doing a Ghostbusters 2 mini and even inviting me mm-hmm. to participate. And I would be absolutely thrilled to be involved in a in a, a NIM movie mini on Ghostbusters 2. And uh, this will be something Jason and I, I think, should uh, work out and maybe have it out at a, at a good time. Maybe around Halloween we could have something available for, for listening on Ghostbusters 2. And uh, I think the minis, uh, there hasn't been one in a while, but I think the minis no, no, are no. some of the best of uh, of nowhere mulberry i should say uh previously <laughs> well can we just call it something like what's called the mcu the mulberry cinematic universe or maybe the mulberry cultural universe we could call it now nice. that it uh, <laughs> in- includes not only uh nowhere and mulberry entertainment landfill and now we're having even crossover podcasts like on uh, on Adam Sexton's the the past and the pending, I'll I'll briefly comment on that in a minute. But anyway, so these uh, these Nim movie minis have been some of the greatest content that uh, Entertainment Landfill has has given over the years, and I think having one on uh, Ghostbusters two would be great. And uh, if I'm involved, I promise not to mess with the formula. I think it's a, it's a great formula. Just talking about these uh, these movies we all remember. And uh, having a great time digging into them in detail and 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 discussing them in in, in a kind of a longer format, uh, but I think I'm going to add a little something to this if I am involved, and uh, I maybe something of a persuasion element here, maybe maybe a persuasive approach to this particular mini because I have the feeling, and this is uh, I just have a, a suspicion that maybe Jason doesn't really have as high an opinion of Ghostbusters <laughs> 2 as I do. Uh, I, I can't no. imagine why this might be the case. I, I, I don't understand why Ghostbusters 2 would, would... why anyone would think negatively about that movie. But, uh, but if we're going to do this, I feel like I, sh- I need to probably uh, do some persuasive work on, on Jason here and maybe convince him, as everyone knows, of the greatness of Ghostbusters 2. I, I guarantee by the end of that mini, uh, Jason will hopefully see the light. Or maybe he'll make me see the darkness. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, really looking forward to doing this. And uh, anyway, so that aside, so uh, just wanted to comment on the Witcher book club, which I'm going to dig into. Uh, oh, nice. I have played the Witcher video games one and two, but I have not read any of the books. I'll, I'll see if I can get a hold of these books, but even even so, I'm I'm pretty I feel pretty steeped into the into the uh, the the Witcher world. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more of that. And I really enjoyed uh, recently th- all the commentary on the new Quentin Tarantino film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I would say lately that's been the thing that's most uh, interested me. I've seen it twice now. 
And uh, I even saw it on, the second time I saw it was on August 9th, which I believe is the 50th anniversary of the Charles Manson, uh, well, we sh- I guess we should call them the Tate-LaBianca murders, which, uh, which Once Upon a Time in Hollywood plays around with. I won't spoil anything here. But uh, I really enjoy listening to the comments on it, particularly in the uh, crossover podcast uh, episode of The Past and the Pending. I guess we can call that a crossover episode, yeah. a, uh, a team-up between Entertainment Landfill and, and the Adam Sexton universe. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I particularly the, uh, wanted to talk about, there was something that came up between you in the long conversation about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is what, what kind of a statement is being made by this movie. And, uh, and I feel like a statement is being made in the movie, not maybe a political statement, but some, something about Los Angeles, which living here, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know if, if, if anyone here has had experience living in LA, but, uh, let's, let's look at how this movie really depicts LA and not just of that time, but of this time and perhaps ever since the beginning of the Hollywood industry back in the 1910s. Uh, where you have this incredible collision of worlds and you've got in one city you've got the the center of production of fantasy and you also have uh, a, a, a kind of a class system of sorts where you have you know the, the we have a, a in in one city you just have all kinds of clashes of cultures and and uh, I think this movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, really shows you that. And I think Tarantino has never done this before. So this is why I appreciate this movie so much from Tarantino, because he's never before shown, I think, a, a kind of large city that, and given the essence of that city in a, in a really compelling way. So you have in this movie, you've got a lot of driving. That's you know a given for anyone living in L.A. There's a lot of driving. And then a lot of a lot of different sorts of people just kind of running up against each other. And it's, it's what it's like living here. You, you're driving around and you look at a billboard and there's some movie star on the billboard and then you pull over and uh, go to a gas station or a restaurant or something and sitting and sitting right there in the restaurant or, or pumping gas is, is, is the, 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 is the, is the person you just saw on the billboard, you know, uh, very, I've had this experience a couple times, and uh, it's really odd, and it's uh, it's surreal, and uh, and I can see how things happen here that maybe wouldn't happen elsewhere, and it has to go to this case, the the Charles Manson case, where he clearly uh, targeted this. Um, Sharon Tate and the people living in that house because uh, because he felt he felt offended he felt uh, that he was trying to break into the film I'm sorry the music industry and he was being treated uh, badly in his in his own mind and so he was taking revenge by uh, through this um, through ordering the slaughter of these people who who did him wrong supposedly and and this is. And this is the kind of thing I think the movie's getting at a kind of uh, a kind of closeness of very different types of people who are all struggling, all struggling to kind of put out this these these fantasy worlds that are supposed to entertain the world, and um, 
and that breeds a lot of jealousy and a lot of uh, mistrust and um, and just a lot of ugliness. And a lot of the city culture is around this kind of this kind of jealousy or, or envy, the sense that you're you're always one step away from making it or not making it. And I think even in the movie you hear when uh when 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 Rick Dalton is talking to Cliff about living in LA, he says, You gotta live here. You can't just come here to to be a star and just say, Oh, I'm gonna give it a shot. No, he says, You have to buy real estate, you have to live here. So then when Roman Polanski comes next door, you know, you you might meet him at a party and suddenly you're the you're the next, you know, you're the next star of of you know of the of the next big thing and and, and this and LA culture has that kind of teasing promise that you could make it if you just if you're just here you know and you and you believe (laughs) and that there's something to that that's really attractive but also kind of scary and i think the movie really gets at that in a in a very uh, loving way but also in a bit of a fearful way uh of how that can be perverted you know so anyway uh i think this movie even though it is really entertaining it is making a kind of statement that i don't think tarantino has made before and i do think tarantino he just gets better and better and better uh i just heard that he's having a family now so this might mean that he's not making any more movies in the future but i feel like if this is his last one uh, it is his best uh all right uh it's it's about 10 minutes here. I think I've talked long enough here, but uh, just to say, again, a great job, everybody. Lately, I'm listening and enjoying the last few uh, episodes and really looking forward to doing this Ghostbusters 2 mini if it happens. And, uh, it's going to uh, happen. A toodaloo to everyone. <laughs> See you around. Bye. All right, Ken. Thank you so much. The reason uh, I brought that up is because I changed Patreon. When I originally created the Patreon campaign for Entertainment Landfill back in 2014. Uh, I set it up with all these grand plans and uh, I was looking at other people's Patreons and how they did it and they set up different tiers and rewards and all these goals and, you know, uh, I probably should have calmed down a little bit like knowing like what our show is, what our podcast is. So from that time to now, you know, it took me a while like, hey, maybe the people, they want uh, they want uh, movie reacts, trailer reacts. They want us to do these shows and these special shows and maybe some patron-only shows and maybe I'll do my own audiobook and all this and trying to give people content worth paying for, like this extra content to become uh, a patron. But all along, I think all anyone ever wanted was just for me to keep doing the same show. Yeah. Not tricking it up and doing that other stuff. Some people may have enjoyed that stuff, but all I needed to do is just keep doing the show the way I did. And I've realized that now, cut to 2019, takes a while for me, I'm kind of slow, Uh, but I've changed the Patreon. But one of the goals in the Patreon used to be, if we get up to this much a month, we'll do a Ghostbusters 2 movie mini and it was kind of like uh a funny thing because a long time ago it must have been 2014 maybe 2013 i just started ranting about ghostbusters 2 and how terrible it was and uh now that i've gotten away gotten rid of that goal when we actually met it at one time 
I'm like, I owe Ken this show because I know he <laughs> wants that. So I said, Ken, if you want to do the show with me, let's do it. So I'm planning on us doing that before Halloween to get it out by Halloween for everybody. Um, I've changed the Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash landfill, where basically it says pay what you want. If you want to pay a dollar, that's fine. You want to pay $2, whatever, $5, that's fantastic. Anything you want to pay to support the show and you get this show on a regular basis. I'll just keep doing the show. I'm not going to promise all these commentaries and sideshows and all this stuff. You know, You'll I'm, get the Witcher book shows. Yeah, Witcher, uh, basically, when I have some kind of inspiration, like the Witcher book show, and I want to do that. It's not a promise. It's when it happens, it happens. Right. Extra things. And right now, I'm inspired to do that. And, you know, uh, Ken, I want to do that Ghostbusters 2. I can't wait for him to try to convince me that Ghostbusters 2 is a good movie. <laughs> because I want him to see the darkness. That the movie is terrible. So... I'm going to watch it a few times. I'm going to take notes. I'm going to be ready gonna for be I'm going to have my ready for Vigo. I'm going to have my guns loaded, ready to uh aim and fire on that. <laughs> you know. So you got homework, Ken. Yeah, get ready. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's my little pistol. <laughs> but Ken, thank you so much. Ken is also a patron. Thank you, Ken, for supporting the show for so long. I can't wait to do that. Now we have another voice. Oh, and by the way, thank you for uh, the Witcher Book Club. If you want to do that too, Ken, I wasn't sure you were going to do that because I saw you post that you were going to play The Witcher 3. And I was like, oh, is he going to read the books or not? I'm not sure, but that's so cool that you are. See, I... Uh, would like to play The Witcher 3, but I've decided I'm going to wait till I read the books first before I play it. Because I've heard that The Witcher 3 takes place after all the books. Because the CD Projekt Red who made that game, they're from Poland, and they uh, were inspired to make the game as lovers of the, the book series. So that's going to be cool. Now we have another voicemail, this one from Adam Sexton. Let's see what's up with Adam. We were so worried about him because he didn't leave a voicemail last week. He remember? was busy working, I'm sure. Yeah, let's check this out. He's a busy man. Hello, Entertainment Landfill crew. Adam Sexton here with another Adam. voicemail full of feedback for the podcast. Uh, just hopefully in time for tonight's episode. And, uh, and away we go because I don't have a whole lot of time. But here we go. I think your podcast now has my favorite uh, promo for it. I was uh, listening to the episode when it was posted earlier this week and when Jason was doing the intro for it and he said the name Adam Howard. I smiled, grinning ear to ear and nodded my head and thought, of course, it had to be Adam who was making the promo. And it was great. It was funny. It it, I mean, yes, it was inspired by the Montel and Maury uh, <laughs> advertisement, but to me, it, it kind of sounds like the promo for a podcast. I don't know if you guys listen to it. It's called uh, How Did This Get Made? And uh, when they do live shows on that podcast, they have like a rap version, a remix version, so uh, is what they call it. And uh, they have some guy rapping, and it's really funny lyrics, very much in the same spirit of what uh, Adam did for the show. So I'm happy to hear that, and I will gladly put that on future episodes of my podcast, and I hope other 
podcast do it as well. Uh, I'm glad to see that the old spirit of uh, past ETL and Nowhere in Mulberry uh, episodes have returned. And uh, I like that you're kind of doing your own little thing. It, uh, one of the, one of the uh, aspects was your coverage of reality shows. And for a while, we didn't hear about that. And it's always been some kind of uh, thing of fascination for me because I can't see how you can stand to watch those things. <laughs> I haven't watched any reality TV since my brother and I uh, were roommates, and he would watch like all the stuff that VH1 would have because, I mean, it's, it was fun for him to watch, but I couldn't do it without uh, Brian. So my question is, do you watch reality shows with, like, Heather, or do you oh, punish yourself no. by watching them alone just so you can get the drops, or is a little bit of column A and column B, because I wouldn't have the strength and fortitude to do that. But anyway, congratulations on that. I love the breaks with the old commercials. I know that may be a new feature for some listeners, but that's just a part of your show, and I I love hearing stuff that is very familiar, kind of hits that nostalgic uh, beat, for lack of a better term, and there's even some stuff I've never heard before, so uh was glad to hear that. Um, the drop that was used very prominently in the last episode was from that that guest on the Gordon Ramsay show, the guy who he just had that crazy laugh, and we all kind of suspect that maybe he was hamming it up for the camera. Um it, you use it very well, but I think you're almost in danger of making it a little too familiar. So, you know, everything in moderation. But, I mean, you do you. That's just my uh, opinion on that. Uh, I'm not too bummed out. You talked about uh, the news item of Neil Blomkamp no longer doing the Robocop movie. I'm not too particularly surprised. I'm also not too particularly uh worried about it because uh, either way I think in the end there will still only be one good RoboCop movie and that's, that's right. all for the best uh, another thing you I talked agree. about the guy who was playing Pokemon Go with what was it eight phones or nine cell phones and it made me think of this similar incident I had in my previous custodial job when the game first came out you had students in the town I was working at wandering all over the schoolyard or in the nearby neighborhood, and they were using the Pokemon Go app, even getting dangerously close to wandering in the streets just so they can grab one. I remember I was cleaning up a uh, football field house on the, the school where I worked at, and before I was going to close it up, uh, two students came by and asked if they could uh, just really quickly get on the football field because apparently the Pokemon Go app told them that there was a Pokemon on the ground. So I can't believe I let them do it, but I just said, look, just get it over with and get out of here because I got to lock everything up. So people really go to insane lengths with that app. Uh, I also want to uh, give some kudos to listeners who have been sending in voicemails for the past three or four episodes. They've been really really great quality a lot of good points a lot of great jokes and uh thank you also to adam howard for the kudos uh for me leaving voicemail i'm i haven't been as consistent lately but uh 
thank you for all of that. And hopefully I'm kind of at a standstill on my podcast since I don't currently have Internet and will not have uh, uh, the Internet turned back on uh, until Friday of next week due to a billing snafu. But uh, I'm working on a solo episode and... I am also trying to see if I can get Adam Howard back on, and uh, if so, that will be great. But anyway, guys, I've uh, talked long enough, and I wish you the best of luck on tonight's episode. I probably won't be able to listen to the live stream, but uh, that just means I have another great ETL episode to download and listen to next week or whenever whenever the podcast gets released. So you guys take care of yourself. Uh, Have a good time, have a good weekend, and I will check you later. Bye. Bye, Adam. Uh, That question you asked, does Heather watch reality shows with me? The answer is no, because she does not like reality shows. Am I in hell? Uh, Below Deck, she does not like that show. That is the only reality show I watch if you don't count stuff like Top Chef. I guess that's a reality show, kind of. It's a competition show. It's a competition reality. I don't watch reality shows, really. I watched watched the You used to watch Big Brother. Yeah, yeah. I did that for the show. And I don't know that I'd call that reality, because that was more like a reality game because um, big brother was a show that i would watch for drops for the clips for this show uh we would lose interest and not but like watch. Uh, we would the, stop watching it and then just say who won at the, the end. cindy one where they were date cindy totally for the show yeah stuff like that that was fun yeah. back in the day but yeah the only reality show i watch now is uh below deck and it's quality programming so you should check it out adam <laughs> just kidding all right adam thank you so much for that voicemail let's go ahead and check out entertainment steven let's do it really quickly uh angel has fallen has come out today steven mm-hmm. will you go see that um, I have the cup, so I should go see it. <laughs> That's right. I guess we don't have it chapter two until September 6th. I'm going to uh, go see good boys on Sunday. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, you know what? I did watch a documentary. I didn't watch any movies, but I did watch a documentary called United. We fan. And I don't know if this would technically be in the streaming section, but it doesn't matter. It's technically a movie, right? It's a documentary. You can watch it on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, It's a documentary about people who have saved television shows as different people who... It has the original couple who started the letter-writing campaign for the original Star Trek in the 60s when it was getting canceled. And they, they rallied people together just in Los Angeles and they would write letters to, you know, do you have any relatives that love Star Trek? Yeah. Well, write them, have them write this. And they would show them exactly what to write and who to send it to. And they got Star Trek renewed for another season. And then there, there was a segment about Chuck and that's the reason I watched it. It was about the people who just started the campaign where you would tweet that I got Subway. Here's my receipt. And I'm eating Subway while watching Chuck tonight or whatever. And that helped get it renewed. And they had the people who sent nuts for Jericho and stuff. And they had a girl who started a campaign for a person of interest to get a final season. And also uh, there was this interesting thing I had no idea about 
where this woman, uh, she was like a housewife. She loved Cagney and Lacey so much. And she heard Cagney and Lacey wasn't. Yeah, who doesn't? It's a great show. She wrote the the producer of the show. And she said, what can I do to help you with your show? Because I just love it. And the writing and the characters. And he goes, well, you should write the head of the studio. His name is this. And if you have any friends that like the show. So she rallied a bunch of people. And they all sent letters. And they got Cagney and Lacey renewed. And uh, eventually another lady, if I'm remembering this right, she was like, how do I save my show like you saved yours? And I forget what the show was. I might have been designing women or something like that. And she was like, well, you do this. And so they started a letter writing campaign and saved that. And they formed this coalition of like uh, people who were for quality programming. And they had a newsletter that they would have people who were part of this group. And they would say their opinions of what they thought of the show and why it was good for families or it was good quality writing and stuff. And they got the the attention of Hollywood, of the TV studios, and they became kind of like a thing. And they started giving out awards to shows. And then, you know, the shows were like, hey, where can I collect my reward? So uh, my award for best TV show or whatever. So they started having these banquets where they would give, like, these actors from TV shows actual <laughs> awards. And it... You know, it looked like they were kind of like becoming like little kind of big for the riches kind of thing, you know. And the next thing you knew is uh, the guy who did Cagney and Lacey. Eventually that show ran its course, you know, and he started another show with Sharon Glass. And this lady who championed uh, Cagney and Lacey, she was like, well, I don't really like this new show. Well, I, I just I don't know if I should write anything about it. And it's like, well, maybe I should, because how will that look if I say something nice or choose not to say anything at all about a show I don't like? That wouldn't be right. So she printed her thoughts on the show and other viewers. And the producer of that show felt betrayed by her. Like, I gave you everything. I made you who you were. I told you how to get Cagney and Lacey saved. and You became this big shot. And now you're shitting on my show i don't ever want to talk to you again and it's just like oh my i didn't mean to do this you know <laughs> and i was like that's really weird and they cut to modern day it's like 2019 cagney and lacy was when in the early 80s or something yeah and they were like would you ever talk to her again he's like no you know he's like there's nothing worse than betrayal loyalty that's important to me if somebody is not loyal they're out of my life forever it's like dude she she did show. the ethical thing. She was she was ethical, like an ethical journalist. If she would have said, this is a great show, everybody watch it, and she didn't like it, and she just did it as a favor to you, but that's the way some people are. They're like, no, you, you do me a favor, you're my friend, right? And I thought that was kind of like a weird, dark area the documentary got into there, because all the other stories so he, were about she, people who They could have still been friends if she didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. And she thought about that, but she was like, I've got to do it. But eventually, it didn't really explain they stopped doing that. So why, I mean, you don't like it, so you don't watch it, so you don't really have an opinion on it at right. that point in time. Well, uh, yeah. You know, uh, you, you and, may watch the first episode or two, and you're and like, other viewers, yeah, this doesn't speak to me, so I'm not going to watch it. The quality television viewers, they sent in their thoughts, and they're like, it's not that good. It's not as good as Cagney and Lacey, and she printed that, and he didn't like that. What's interesting is that uh, they eventually, it became too exhausting, and I guess they just stopped doing it. 
Oh, and that's another thing. When they asked for new members, they started like $15 membership fee. And all of a sudden they had money rolling in so they could take salaries. And now we're paid for our doing this and reviewing shows. And it's pretty crazy. When you see the footage, like they had Julia Louise Dreyfus give like a speech and all these other people from TV shows at that time, they were like... Uh, Scott Bakula is like, they've championed Quantum Leap. You know, I, uh, I, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you guys, you know, and stuff like that. And then like he does another show and they're like, well, I don't really like that one, you know, but that's, uh, it's just interesting how they also talk about how a lot of the most popular shows on television throughout the ages, like the number one shows, be it CSI NCIS, those type of shows, like they don't really have like a rabid fan base. They just have people who are like, watch it and they're like, okay, I'm done. There's not really any passion, you know? And, uh, I know, you know, like my great grandma, she may beg to differ. She may like Jethro on NCIS, but these shows that are like the quality shows that get canceled and stuff, there's something a little different. Those usually have the big fan base, you know, because they, have something to rally behind. Yeah, my dad likes the in, in CIS because it's uh, there's not really like a big story thread that he yeah, has to... Yeah, you can jump in any time. Yeah. It could be from three seasons ago. You don't even yeah. notice. And it's like yeah, <laughs> anything with a thread of a story. It's like, eh, I don't care. Now, there are there is a, probably usually a thin thread throughout, mm-hmm. but... Each story is kinda, it's can just, be individual. Yeah, it's one of those procedural type shows that's just for the masses to, you know, like I watched the new Magnum P.I. and I enjoyed it, but it is just very procedural. It has some interaction between characters. There's a couple of laughs. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of comedy there, but the the cases that he goes on aren't anything like oh, man, this is a real nail-biter or anything. You're just watching it and you're entertained. Yeah, if a, if a story takes more than one episode, my dad's out. <laughs> so he, I'm guessing he didn't watch Westworld on HBO. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's like the most confusing show ever. That would be so funny if you're like, Dad, I just want you to give Westworld a try. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... I don't know. I don't have any more movies to talk about, Stephen. But let's go ahead and check Wait, out. We didn't even talk about Angel Has Fallen. You were just. I just said it's out. Oh, okay, that's All it. Right. I want to get to what's on our Roku because I have some stuff to talk about okay. there, Stephen. Let's do it. <laughs> that adorable Roku. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay, guys, what's on Roku? That would be Below Deck, right? My favorite reality show that I want to get Adam into. Now, remember me telling you about uh, last week that Travis, he's a heavy drinker. Whenever they're, uh, they seem to not be working, he seems to enjoy getting inebriated. And they're going out to dinner, and lo and behold, Travis is already wasted before they even have left. And... I think I noticed what bothers them. He's like, what's the big deal? Like, we're not working. He's like, what? It's because he becomes a dick. Yeah. And, like, at one point, like, one of the girls... He's not the fun drunk. Yeah, she's getting in the back seat, and the chair's kind of, you know, leaning forward, and he shoves it back real hard and hits her in the face. And she's like, oh! And they're like, dude, Travis, what the hell? And he's like, what the hell are you doing? Just whatever. Shut up. Sit back. You know, watch out. You know? 
They're like, you hit her in the face. He's like, so what? And he just gets in the car and we're like, what an asshole. And so automatically, you know, when they get at the restaurant, uh, Hannah's like, you're not going to embarrass us, are you? And he's like, I'm going to piss in that pot of plan over there. <laughs> and they're all like, dude, just chill out. And this is when you hear it. One of the girls, she's kind of like nodding off at the table and he smacks her in the face. And no matter how much everyone's telling him that you smacked her really hard, that's not cool. He's like, it was just a joke. It's just a joke. What's wrong with you guys? You guys boss out of proportion? Shut up, okay? <laughs> What's wrong with you? The funny thing is the next day, he feels terrible. He's like, oh, I feel so bad. And he goes up to Anastasia. That's who he slapped. And he's like, hey, I feel so bad. And she's just like, she was crying and stuff the night before. And she kind of told Hannah, she was like, I, haven't, I had an abusive boyfriend. When he get drink, he would start getting physical with me. And he would smack me sometimes. It took me a while before I got out of that relationship. But I don't like being hit by drunks. And she's like, I understand. You need to tell Travis that it was uncool or whatever. So he's like, I'm really sorry. And she goes, it's cool. It's fine. It's fine. So he walks away and he's like, well, everything's cool. And then she's just standing there and she's like, it's not cool. I don't know why I said that. Why am I trying to make him feel better? And so she goes, she's like, hey, can I talk to you? And he's like, yeah, what's wrong? And she's like, it's not cool. You made me feel like shit. You made me feel terrible. You embarrassed me. We were in a restaurant and you smacked me in the face. He's like, it wasn't that hard. He goes, she's like, what does it matter? Like, you don't hit people. I don't care if you're joking around or not. And he's like, well, I'm not a woman beater. And he's like, she's like, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you hurt my feelings. You embarrassed me in public and it's not cool. Don't ever do it again. And he's like, okay. And, uh, so anywhere, here's the incident that happens, and it is pretty embarrassing. <laughs> but I like Colin. He's like the nice guy of the show. He says, this is what I hate about going on these. This is what I hate about yachty culture, because he's done this multiple times, and all of the people, uh, whenever they leave, they get shit-faced. He doesn't. But he's like, why can't we just have fun? But people are like getting sloppy drunk where yeah. you're like carrying them and stuff, or they're getting in arguments. I think I think people are like keen to get well hammered tonight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I piss in a pop pan or what? Stop. Hello, how are you? What? Don't give me those eyes. Don't be a f-ing dick. Oh wow. You guys want to sit next to each other? Oh my god. Oh. Sometimes she gets mad at me, but she can't really be mad at me. If I step on your toe, I say sorry. If you hit someone in the face with a chair in a car, just say sorry. And I really think that dead sober Travis would say sorry because he's a nice guy. But this dickhead, on the other hand. I feel that Hannah is annoyed <laughs> for, like, all. Like, just measly shit. I think if you just give her a little bit of breathing room. Don't be such a whiny little Get her, like, complain about such little petty bullshit of jokes. No, hey, Sake. You don't do that. You don't slap a girl. I'm not joking. Are you serious? Yes. You guys. Sit down, mate. This is where I get up and someone up. That's rude. All right. Do you understand? Calm down. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's rude. Look at her. I don't care. Don't do that. Look at her. That's rude. It's a joke. It's not a joke. You don't slap a girl. Piss off. It's a joke, right? It's not a joke. She doesn't. She's not laughing, Travis. Serious? You're not laughing. Yeah. No, no, it's not okay. It's okay. I was joking with you. Why are you bloating this up? It was hard, all right? Are you f-ing serious? Yes. This was a little love tap. It was not a f- 
f***ing love tap, mate. Travis, relax. Joke, no joke, don't care. Your excuses. You want to act like this is a big deal? I'm just saying that wasn't a love tap. You hear me with my four Yeah, that's not a love tap. You guys. All right, yeah, you're Travis, right. You're right. No, you're right. I mean, there's no sense of This is the part of yachty culture that I don't really like. Our crew is drunk, and I'm embarrassed for other people's actions. She's crying because of you. He needs to get a grip, dude. It's too much. You guys want to accentuate this bullshit? It's not bullshit, Travis. I just go over and apologize. Apologize to me. Off. No bullshit, mate. That's not bullshit, Travis. You want this on your face? Yeah, and you it, think that, that's that, a big deal? It was. It was harder than that. Oops. That's. What, you, you think, think I'm you? Smacked you? Around the head. you smacked her pretty hard. I'm being. I'm being serious, Travis. You think Get in the you mind. I'm being serious. I'm Why trying are you to yelling at me because you're not listening, Travis. I'm looking out for you. I was like, like just, wake up. Gave her the. It was smack. harder than that. That's what I'm saying. It was harder. Just admit I that. I feel it was. All this is over-accentuated. Yeah, there's like, everyone's yelling at him, but it's like, it's not getting through until tomorrow, you know? Yeah. And the first thing he does, he wakes up, he's like, oh, shit. Man, last night, that was bad. And he feels like really bad about it. But that's, you know, it's dramatic TV, right? To yell at him while... But yeah, he really does need to chill out on the drinking. <laughs> you just let him drink and pass out, and then you, then you go do your thing and leave him at the boat. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious to see if... I wonder, none of them tell the captain any of this happens. If they would have said, like, yeah, Travis fired. was drunk and he slapped her, she would have gotten rid of him right away. But they don't. They kind of have a thing where they're not going to say stuff like that, which is interesting. Because he is a nice guy when he's sober. He like, seems like a really cool guy, but then he just gets sloppy drunk, and it's crazy. Becomes stupid. Yeah, it becomes stupid. And, you know, there's other stuff going on the... On the boat too, like they had, <laughs> they had this guy who <laughs> who kept vomiting and it was so gross. But they tell that guy Jack, they're like, "Hey, you need to come over here and clean up this vomit." And he was like, "F off!" And they're like, "Seriously, you need to come do this. It's your job." He's like, "Really? I have to do that?" And they're like, "Get a hose and just spray it down." But he's just like. I don't do that. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Now, Stephen, this week on Gordon Ramsay Uncharted, he's going to eat some ant larva. Mm. Do you know why? Because it's it, tasty. It tastes like lemons. He's in Laos, and they sprinkle the larvae on food, kind of like you would like some zest of lemon. lemon. Zest. And I was thinking, do they not have lemons there? <laughs> Maybe they don't. Also, he tries out some good old-fashioned Laos moonshine. Nice. And he also tries something called beetle nut. Hmm. <laughs> that just sounds gross, doesn't it? Beetle nut. Beetle nut. Is it like peanut butter, but kind of mixed up beetles into a Hope paste? Hope no one's allergic to nuts. It's like, it's like a fruit, and you chop it open. The guy says... When you eat this, it's a good snack, but it makes you dizzy. And he goes, makes you dizzy? Why? Well, it's got tobacco in it. It, like, hits you, and you're, like, all dizzy and stuff. And he's like, why would I want this? And so he tries it, and it's so funny that he just makes a face. And they're in a market, and he doesn't want to be rude, so he kind of goes below the table where the lady can't see him. And he's, like, going, and just spitting it under her table. It's pretty gross. Let's check it out, Stephen. <laughs> 
This is basically it a show of beautiful here. spinning stuff out. Really of beautiful. A lot of ingredients in Lao food, which on their own you wouldn't enjoy, but when by balancing them with other flavors, it really yeah. changes it. That's incredible. I mean, every two or three meters, there's something different—a leaf, a flower. It is like a garden of Eden because everything you touch, pick, can eat. What's the next aisle? Oh, you're going to like this, Gordon. This is、uh, one of the best foods in the forest. Ant larvae. Ant larvae. Yep. Yep. yep.、Mm. They actually have a citrus flavour. So I'll see if you know. It's a bit like having like、uh, lemon juice or lime juice sprinkled over 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 protein. But where are they? They're they're actually up in the trees. These ants like they sew the the leaves together and make a nest in the trees. Wow. Oh, oh so just shaking the ants into the basket. We're not going to take、right. the nest out. <laughs> yep. They're all falling in his hair and stuff. It's raining with ants everywhere here. <laughs> well, the thing with these ants, right, is that when they're grumpy, they excrete acid, so they bite your skin, and then they squirt the equivalent of, of、uh, lime juice into it.、Okay. I've been shopping for eggs before, but not quite like this. <laughs> Electricity arrived in this region just ten years ago. But most people still use traditional charcoal stoves, which have two settings: hot and hot. And so they are the—that's、uh, the ants. That's your ant eggs, yeah. Wow. Yeah, mixed in with the ants. Wow. They're delicious. They look like little maggots. <laughs> they pretty much are. I think it's delicious.、Mm, delicious. delicious. I'm heading to Don Tan Island to sample a local liquor known as Lao Lao. Kathy Ona Nang is taking me to meet a local whiskey maker. She has two important jobs today: translator and drinking buddy. We know this moonshine is super strong, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, not to be drunk during the day. A little sip in the evening, right? Local people here every morning,、wow. 7 a.m. Like one shot, two shots. <laughs> 7 a.m. Yeah. Oh dear. For breakfast. I've been warned. This local hooch can top out at around 120 proof. Yeah. So. Oof. It smells very strong. Travis from Baloo. I hope this won't make me blind. <laughs> Ready? Yeah, try it. Try it. Oh me? Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are you trying to kill me? <laughs> Is it? On lauk. And my lips are numb. We've collected all our ingredients, and there's just time for a little pick-me-up before we cook. I was hoping for a quick coffee, but Joy wants me to try the local stimulant, beetle nut. You see, when you're chewing it, it makes you feel、uh, dizzy. Why would you chew that if you're going to feel dizzy? Because it's got tobacco in it. Tobacco. Because, yeah. So you roll this up. Yeah. You ready? Ready. One. Two. Three. No, no, no! Why you make me do that? What's funny is they show the lady who gave it to him, who's selling it. Her face is just dead. You know, she's not smiling or anything. She's just like, "What's wrong with I've you?" I've never been more insulted. <laughs> Beetle nut. 
Now, Steven, you are you caught up? You didn't watch. You don't watch BH nine hundred two and during the week, right? So you right, haven't seen I'll, this week's episode. No, I haven't. Okay, there was some pretty funny stuff here with uh, um, Christine Elise, Emily Valentine. Uh-huh. Uh, Tori is now has now promised the cast all the stuff, so she has to go meet Emily Valentine, Christine Elise, and the boardroom, and then. Uh, it turns out that the writer of the show that she found slept with Jason Priestley's wife. So now they need to fire him off the show. And what's so funny is I don't know a lot about TV shows, but I do know there's no way they could throw a show together this quickly. You know, like uh, maybe did they create the show that fast? Maybe they did. <laughs> because they're like, we... We're going to start filming in two weeks, and now we got to fire the head writer? What are you doing here? And that's the first clip i got to play. But uh, the second one is Carol Potter, who played uh, mm-hmm. Cindy Walsh. They all go to group therapy, and she's a licensed therapist. Nice. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Let's check this out. Okay, I just want to see if I understand this correctly. Jason's directing. Jenny's overseeing casting. Gabby's providing story ideas, and Ian wants to handle product integrations. And you're all executive producers. Great. I have a question for you. Have you reached out to Joey Tata yet? Maybe he'd like to be the CEO of Fox. Look, if I hadn't made all these promises, there would be no show. But we're going to work it out. We're all friends. (laughs) Honey, you forget I was on the show. I know you people. And I never told you, but you were amazing as Emily Valentine. I can't believe you gave up acting to be an executive. None of that. No buttering me up. And oh my God, you were my fave in Chucky. Stop. Okay. (laughs) Unlike the rest of you, I grew up. You got famous so young, you never grew or evolved as people, which is so repellent. And yet so deliciously fascinating. Well, I do what I can. Well, there's going to be more drama off camera than on. And it's going to be on you. To manage it, are you sure you're prepared for that? I have hired an excellent writer. We're going to have a great script. And social media connections, I got them all over the place. In fact, we are trending right now. And I am going to recreate our iconic cast photo. Great. I just want you to remember one thing. This is a billion-dollar property for Fox. And Shannon better be on board. Don't screw it up. Congratulations. You've somehow managed to completely sabotage the show. We're two weeks from shooting, and now we have to fire the writer? Do you know what that means? We'll have no script. And we already built the friggin' peach pit. Do we have to fire him? Don't be so naive. Of course we have to fire him. Otherwise, we have no director. And you know what that means? We have no leading man. Because in case you forgot, the same friggin' person. Okay, fine. Fire him. No, that's your job. Me? I have to do it? You're the network. And you're the producer. The one that chose friends over business. Okay, fine. I will fix this. And while you're fixing things, where are we with Shannon? I have really tried. She is really hard to reach. Let me tell you something, little Miss Producer. Because of you, this whole show could get shut down. So if I were you, I'd stop complaining about how hard things are, get Shannon to that photo shoot, and put on my big girl panties and go find some big solutions. The show is actually pretty entertaining. Uh, I thought this episode was really funny. Uh, Steve Sanders punches out uh, Hilo, because uh, you know to defend. You think it's to defend Jason Priestley's honor, but he's like, he deserved it with this dialogue that he's written <laughs> for me, you know. And yeah, uh, Steve's like on the set, 
and there's a girl there and he goes, Hey, could you give me a cup of coffee? And she's like, excuse me? Because she's not like a gopher. Like he thinks. And he's like, you got really pretty eyes. And she's like, Oh, and she walks away. And he's like, what? I'm complimenting a lady. What's the big deal? And they're like, Steve, I mean, uh, Ian, that's not, no, you don't do that. And he goes, well, I've been married for a while. I'm not sure how I should behave. And they're like, not like that. <laughs> And so after he punches out the guy, they all go to group therapy and they see Cindy Walsh. And I thought this was pretty funny. So I'm glad you came to see me. I'm sorry. This is freaking weird. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, Carol. Oh, please call me mom. Just kidding. (laughs) Come on, guys. Give her a chance. I mean, she is a real licensed therapist. Those years on 90210 were a great training ground. I mean, for observing a whole gamut of psychopathology regular harvard of dysfunction yeah no kidding (laughs) it might be unconventional to know your therapist but there are advantages i know your history so we can just dive right in tori why don't you start do i have to you scheduled the appointment so probably well as you know uh we're trying to get this reboot going and i'm producing it and we have to manage a lot of personalities ah yeah sorry is she allowed to interrupt me during therapy did that upset you tori I mean, do you want to say something to Gabby? No, no, it's fine. I just brought us here to be proactive because we're spending a lot of time together. And again, she just did it again. We have a lot of bickering going on. We're we're coming to blows. We're actually being threatened. Threatened how? Just some weird fan mail. It's no big deal. I've got much kinkier stuff in the 90s. Mutilated dolls. I'm so freaked out by it. I sent my daughter to stay with her stepdad. Sorry if it's no big deal to you, but it is to me. I'll take my chances on my own. Dude, we saw you handle Carlisle. And we know violence is never the answer. The guy slept with my wife. I'm so sorry, Jay. Can we stop with the I'm so sorry? Why are we setting him up to be such a victim? Such a double standard again. Why does nothing ever change? What are you even talking about? Okay, let's everybody just let's just take a breath. <sighs> so it's a silly show. <laughs> it's bizarre, but I'm I'm enjoying it. It's kind of funny how they are themselves they're not their characters and i think it'll be fun once they start shooting the actual show maybe see how if if they were going to incorporate the show or is it just going to yeah. be like i like behind they, the scene antics of, yeah. the, of filming the show i like when they reference stuff from the show it's pretty funny and With i the like Joey that they're Tata. kind of yeah they're having fun like just kind of they're having fun with the show and who they are and stuff. It's pretty silly. Like the stalker guy is now David's assistant. He has no idea. Right. And he gave him keys to his house and you're like, Oh no, what is he doing? And this guy's like really young. Like what is his damage? I don't yeah. know. It's kind of silly, but Steven, what do you say? We take a break. And when we come back, we do some news. Does that sound pretty cool? Sure. All right, guys, we'll be right back. My time ain't cheap. So I suggest you clear out now. To get that great berry taste in Crunchberry cereal, Captain Crunch sails high seas to a land filled with foods of danger. There grow the sweetest, juiciest berries, but they're still not Crunchberries. No, not till Crunch Power locks their sweet berry taste in, so it's tough to sog out. And only then does Captain Crunch return with my tasty Crunchberries for kids everywhere. What a cereal! Crunchberries are a very good part of a balanced breakfast. You know, when you see us, can't miss us going by. Hey, can I get in there? No problem. Those musketeers, three musketeers, I'm here to tell you why. All right, am I near the curb? 
Near the car. Ooh, they're so big on chocolate. Chocolate out to here. How much room I got? At least a foot. Maybe less. Anything but they did those three. You finished? Yeah. Good. Now you can feed the meat. Three more. Oh, the dig in your gig. It puts the boom into your beat. What's the rhythm in your feet? Keeps you rocking along, puts the soul into your song. Keep on, keep on moving with tricks Chocolate caramel, satisfaction Like this book, you get you back in the action There's nothing to sticks, it's weeks, can't be You can keep on, keep on, keep on Moving with tricks Caramel or peanut butter tricks Since I can't get tricks from kids I'll make some myself It's part of this nutritious breakfast With orangey oranges, lemony lemons Gravity grapes, fruity treats <laughs> Hope I didn't gum it up. Huh? Gummy rabbits in fruity flavors? Uh-oh, I better hide them. But where? In the box of Silly Rabbit, where you kids will find four free gummy rabbits. Gummy rabbits in tricks. Twizzlers make me very happy. I love the way they taste so chewy. Twizzlers make me very happy. We love the way they taste so fruity. Your mouth so very happy. Oh, so happy. Milk it down. Milk the body. Milk it the body. Good. Wash it off. Check it out. It's so cool for hanging out. It helps you grow up big and tall. It's good for teeth. That's not all. It does. Hey, Mr. Moo, what do you say? Fresh moo juice makes my day. Milk. It does the body good. Pass it on. It does. Milk just does a body. Milk just does a body good. Pass it off. Pass it off. The night starts ordinary with forever friends. It's extraordinary. Here's Bushy Tail, Cozy Tail, and Snowy Tail too. Each filled separately. Powder Tail and Rosy Tail came to see you. All down with forever friends. Tail comes with everything you see here. Other forever friends sold separately. New from Kenner. Today, come play with the pooches who know how to party. Take it away, fellas. Phone puppies today. I'd like to thank the guy who changed the straw and made my high seat better than before. Yeah. Who put the straw in the high seat? job to keep this clock so accurate you could set your watch by it as millions of londoners do the big question is how does he check the accuracy of big ben 
a citizen. The watch so accurate you could set a clock by it. Citizen watches, the smartest engineering ever strapped to a wrist. I'm not going to go buy the sweet spray anymore. Andrea Giles tells when she first tried 12-hour Nostrella, the metered one-way nasal spray. After I had seen the presentation. The TV um, presentation? Yes. Uh -huh. You saw the squeeze sprays can draw back common cold viruses. Mm -hmm. The one-way metered pump? It didn't. That's a good reason for trying it. But did 12-hour Nostrella work for you? The 12-hour Nostrella cleared my sinuses, and I could breathe again. 12-hour Nostrella, Nostril, regular and mild. The metered one-way nasal sprays. It works for me. Coleco, maker of the Adam Family Computer System, understands that the cost of sending your child to college is growing even faster than your child. Coleco is ready to help. When you buy Adam between September 1 and December 31, 1984, Coleco will give your child a $500 college scholarship absolutely free. Now Adam not only helps prepare your child for college, it even helps pay for it. Handy Wrap 2 has twice as much cling as old Handy Wrap. Oh, you ain't got a thing if you ain't got that cling. To wrap, to wrap, to wrap. Oh, you ain't got a thing if you ain't got that cling. To wrap, to wrap, to wrap, to wrap. Handy Wrap 2 with Cling Plus has twice as much cling as old Handy Wrap. So it seals tighter to seal in freshness and flavor longer. Oh, you ain't got a thing if you ain't got that cling. Handy Wrap 2. You ain't got a thing if you ain't got that cling. She got and got a lot of lots of hair from Prell. Lots of fullness, lots of thickness, lots of hair from Prell. Goodbye limp, goodbye flat, got lots of this and lots of that. Got lots of hair from Prell. A little Prell leaves you looking like you got lots of rich, lots of thick, lots of full. Thanks a lot, sir. Get the hair that's got a lot of, get lots of hair. Great night for a barbecue. Hey, no problem. We're going to charbecue indoors. The charbecue electric grill lets you barbecue meats and poultry even on the dining room table. Charbecue is practically smoke-free, so you can enjoy the fun and flavor of outdoor cooking indoors. Neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night. Charbecue, the only way to grill indoors. Now available at Woodward and Lothrop department stores. Panasonic brings advanced video optics to color TV. CompuFocus with data grade. It creates a picture that rivals reality. And now, for something once impossible. TV with stereo sound. This Panasonic can actually receive full stereo broadcasts for color TV with sound and picture that's so incredible it rivals reality. Panasonic, just slightly ahead of our time. <laughs> Hidden Valley Ranch in a bottle? Oh, it is. After all these years. Wow! Look how thick it is. I pronounce it uniquely delicious. The unique Hidden Valley Ranch blend of buttermilk, herbs, and spices mm. in a bottle. They couldn't. They did. Mmm, my favorite. At last, Hidden Valley Ranch in a bottle. At last, Hidden Valley Ranch in a bottle. Do you have a cat box odor problem? No. Yes. Then try new Fresh Step cat litter. Fresh Step? A whole new kind of cat litter. Fresh Step is the only litter activated by your cat's touch. Hey, tiny odor controllers are released every time he scratches or steps. 
so Fresh Step freshens with every step. Right. Has Fresh Step controlled the odor problem? Yeah. Yeah. New Fresh Step. It freshens with every step. In a mystical world of good and evil. In a wondrous realm of fantasy and adventure. Journey to another time. Another place. Join in the struggle to possess the Dark Crystal. Now playing at selected theaters near you. Check your local newspaper for listing. Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? I'd like uh, a Big Mac value pack. Make it two, please. Hey, what's that? It's a new value pack. See? You get a large Coke, a Big Mac, and a supersized fry with 30% more. All for just $2.59. That's a great deal. Yeah, easy to handle. And did you know this great offer for Big Mac value pack is for a limited time only? I didn't know that. I know. That's why I'm Gertzos in your side. <laughs> Good, now we're all even. Congratulations. You owe me like a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Wade. Hey, everybody, we're back. And uh, before we do the news, Stephen, did you happen to watch a certain movie called Zombie Tidal Wave by any chance? I did. <laughs> did you watch the whole thing? Yes, I did watch the whole thing. I, I made it about 20 minutes into it. I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch this turkey. <laughs> I think and- the last 20 minutes, I was kind of... Looking at Twitter, yeah, or looking was, at your phone or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was packing I, up, getting ready to go to work. I was know, just like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. Because I was like, <laughs> I could either be reading or watching this. And I was just like, I'm just going to read instead. Uh, was it, you know, like those movies like Sharknado, they know they're bad and they're yes. just even they're bad and stupid. Even some of the, I say some of, a lot of the acting was very bad. And was it funny or was it just kind of like, you know what was amusing? The title of the movie and the trailer, but watching the whole thing is a different story. Right. Yeah, I was watching the whole thing. It's a whole different story. It's, yeah, you got a great, I, no, I wouldn't say great idea. Sorry. <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah. They had an idea. Yes, they had an idea. It's like. Okay, let's For the do love this. Of God, what did he say? Now, again, not tr- zombies in the traditional sense of what it was. I guess it'd be more like kind of like the uh, um, Night of the the Living Dead. Uh, I the saw other the ones opening. where it was a chemical that yeah, caused it. They literally showed like a uh, crack in the ocean. Yeah. And, then and you think that they're coming from that. That's not the case. <laughs> okay, it's more complicated. <laughs> no, 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 not that complicated. It's just like, I think that was a misdirection in the commercial for the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they're... I was like, well, why are they coming out of the crack and an earthquake in the ground? That just started the the... the the tsunami, the tidal wave. Oh, okay. So, nuts. Was no, there was a there was a boat it? that had some sort of chemical on it, and they were testing them on people. 
I saw the part where uh, Ian Ziering was going fishing with his uh, dad and his daughter, and he was a cop, and the thing yeah. came on board, and they were wrestling with him, and I was just like, I can't sit through this. This is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. Even after stabbing him in the stomach, and he does, you know, nobody says anything, you know, and he's still coming at him. It's like, and they just shove him overboard, and they take off. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and even the. I guess whatever the chemical was when they even shooting them in the head wasn't killing them. Oh wow! They that they you know, threw so a they made a little a... yeah. This is no day for a dude. So it wasn't destroying the brain that killed it like a zombie. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They made it a little different. Uh, I think pretty much just beheading hey, them was what did it. So are you glad you watched it? No, not really. But you know. <laughs> I was like going, are they, there's no way they can make a zombie tidal wave 2. Yeah, he wants it to catch on like... Actually, they could because they showed like the chemicals, the tubes of it washing up on shore. They're uh, setting it up to uh, for a sequel. Yeah. Because I guess, have they played Because it out? could be zombie NATO. They played out Shark NATO, right? Yes. Big time. Six, uh, six movies. Mm-hmm. So, and they're done with those. Yes. The those, sixth one was supposed to be the final one. Uh, we, I remember we saw... Because a, actually there was like... It was so, so dumb that... Uh, I guess there was time travel involved, which caused uh, none of it to all happen at all. Oh, that's right. That's, right. And, that's uh, great. And then it's like it all started back at the beginning of the first movie. So it was like... Stop! You want to say it's a time loop or whatever, but... By doing this certain thing, it, none of the none of the Sharknado movies happened. It's too much. Yeah, I agree. It's too much. Somebody tried to think too hard about <laughs> yeah. Sharknado. All right, Stephen. What so, do you say we do some news now? Sure. <laughs> Let's do the news. All right, Stephen, our first story, uh, probably everybody's already heard this, but, uh, you know, I remembered it from last week. Kevin Smith is bringing He-Man animated series to Netflix. This is a great time to be a fan of Masters of the Universe. A new Masters of the Universe sequel with Kevin Smith in place as the showrunner is coming to Netflix. The animated series titled Masters of the Universe Revelation will directly follow you follow on from the original 80s series and we'll see He-Man and Skeletor face off in a final battle for the fate of Eternia. A final battle? Why, uh, why would it be final? They need the series to keep going, right? Eric Carrasco, Tim Sheridan, and Dia Mishra, and Mark Bernadan will be writers on the show. I know who Mark Bernadan is because he does his podcast with them. I don't know who those other people are. And the series is being produced by Mattel Television with Rob Davis, VP Mattel of, uh, uh, of Mattel TV. You know what's funny is I just recently watched uh, the He-Man uh, documentary okay. on uh, Netflix. It's all about the creation of He-Man. And uh, they, first, they first came up with the character, like the just a muscle-bound guy. And they're like... Let's give him a name. How about He-Man? And they're like, oh, it's terrible. 
And there's like, <laughs> and then they came around and they're like, what about a skeleton type guy, the Skeletor? And then they created a story and they're like, what is the story? And he's like, we'll just send little comic books with it. So we'll kind of figure out what Eternia is. And then they created the cartoon. And it's so funny because uh, the best part about the whole documentary is when they talk about like, He-Man has a sword and it's all about fighting. Like, the you know, you've got the guys, all the action figures, but on the cartoon, not allowed to sword fight. Not allowed to physically hit anything with a sword. So it's mostly He-Man just kind of like jumping out of the way or, you know, it's just kind of like clever. And they had She-Ra. She-Ra, we don't want to see a woman, a girl, like fighting. So She-Ra, she's always like dodging things. She's diving, tucking and rolling. She never actually punches anything. And it's so stupid, but uh, it was kind of funny. So uh, Kevin Smith says, I'm eternally grateful to Mattel TV and Netflix for entrusting me with not only the secrets of Grey School but also their entire universe Smith said in Revelation we pick up right when the classic era left off to tell an epic tale of what may be the final battle between He-Man and Skeletor maybe you have the new series for Netflix is described as wholly original story set in an epic world of Mattel's over 35 year old global He-Man toy franchise remember Kevin Smith was trying to get uh, uh, Buckaroo Banzai fired up, right. and that didn't work out because the original people were like, "No, like we we they didn't ask us anything to do with this," and that's always been like there's always been a rights battle between the creators and the studio. And Kevin Smith is like, "I don't want any part of this. I'm out," you know, because he wants to be there with the creators of the show. He doesn't want to make enemies of them. You yeah. Know? Now, I'm sure you heard all this hubbub about uh, Sony and Marvel, right? Or Disney, where yes. uh, they couldn't agree on the rights of Spider-Man to for Spider-Man to continue to be in the MCU. So uh, Sony was like, no, we're pulling Spider-Man out of the Marvel Universe, cinematic universe. And Disney was kind of like, well, you know, they didn't want to uh, do this. But from what I heard is the original deal was like... Uh, Sony had a certain share of the profits and I think uh Disney had like 5% you know of you know Spider-Man participating in these movies. Well, now they're renegotiating and Disney's like 50%. And they're like Sony's like no. no. Uh so Everybody was in big. I mean, obviously, I was super disappointed when I heard that because I I liked Spider Man being in the Marvel universe. He's my favorite superhero, and so I was disappointed. I I mean, I wasn't like punching the wall or anything, but I was upset by the fact that air punches. I don't trust Sony at all with Spider Man. They made friggin' Venom. They made a spin off with a villain that I get. Oh, he's supposed to be a good guy or whatever. I don't care. I don't need a Venom movie. I just want a Spider-Man movie. But you saw Venom. I've never seen Venom. No? Uh, no. And I will not ever see it, Stephen. I'm taking a stand here. <laughs> just like uh, Zombie Tidal Wave. No, I'd rather watch Zombie Tidal Wave than Venom. I'm going to clockwork orange you to, <laughs> to Zombie Tidal Wave. Just strap so, you to I open mean, eyes. I need Kevin Feige to be involved to at least... I mean, I enjoyed the Spider-Man films. Uh and, you know, people are like, well, Sony did Into the Spider-Verse. It's like, yes, they did, 
technically, but there were a series of artists that actually made the movie. Sony put up the money. So yeah. I need Sony to put somebody in charge of the Spider-Man movies that won't F it up. But uh, John Favreau is holding out hope for Spider-Man to remain in the MCU, is what my story is. Spider-Man's potential exit from Marvel Cinematic Universe could throw a wrench in Happy and Aunt May's relationship. But John Favreau is optimistic the love affair will continue and the Sony dispute with Disney will be over. You never know what's going to happen. I'm holding out hope and being optimistic that... This isn't the final chapter of the story between these characters, Favreau told Variety's Angelique Jackson at Disney's biennial D23 Expo, which is going on right now. The big Marvel thing. They did a thing today where they announced some new Marvel shows, but the big Marvel stuff happens tomorrow morning. Some people are like, they're going to say that there's an agreement tomorrow. Yeah. that They came to some kind of... because. Disney would have to drop the 50% down to the something public, else. The public uni- unanimously agreed that this is uh, bullshit or they're upset about it. And it's so funny. This is a time for people on Twitter to go, guys, the the Amazon rainforest is burning right now. Uh, I know bad things happen in the world. I know that. I pay attention to it. But at the same time... I don't want to think about it 24 hours a day or I kill myself of all the horrible things going on in the world. So I also like to enjoy movies. If that's okay. From time to time, I enjoy video games from time to time or movies, TV shows, etc., books. And also I watch the news and I know that the world is shit. So I can be upset at this at the same time. Can I, it's a different kind of upset of children dying in captivity than Spider-Man staying with Sony. It's different. Okay. But there's always some people are like, well guys, here's something actually going on in the world. It's like, I understand that, but I'm allowed. I can, I'm, I, I can compartmentalize yeah, and, yeah. and, and change, know the difference between, I can get upset. Something about, to be really concerned about. Yeah. And something to be, Right. Trivially concerned about. Different things can go on in my mind at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's what I think is funny because I do think of they live and the sign that says stay asleep. You know, you've got the glasses, you put them on and you're like, oh my God, I haven't been paying attention or whatever. I understand that, but that's not what's going on. It may be going on with other people, but not me. And I'm just saying that uh, I would like Spider-Man to, Stay in the MCU <laughs> is all I'm saying. And uh it's not fair. Yeah. Uh PlayStation boards Sony pick Uncharted with Tom Holland. Now what does it mean boards? Studio closing in on director after Dan Trackenberg exits. Okay, I'm only bringing this up, the Uncharted film starring Spider-Man is that they got a director a while ago and I think even then I said, "Who wants this movie?" Just play the video game. We don't need yeah. the movie. And now this director has fallen through. Uh, Dan Trachtenberg, who did uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, I believe, has exited Uncharted, the Sony Pictures film ad- adaptation of the massive-selling PlayStation game. Tom Holland remains attached, and sources said the studio is moving quickly to lot Trachtenberg's replacement. Meetings are underway now. I say this. Just don't do it. Don't do it. I have no interest in this at all. Okay, at D23, they announced uh, different Star Wars projects and stuff. Uh, Of course, we've got Episode 9 coming out in December. 
the return of Star Wars Resistance. We've got The Mandalorian that will be streaming on Disney Plus on November 12th. Steven, Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, we already know about that, December 20th. Clone Wars, the final season. I'm excited about that. I love Clone Wars. Now, there's a Rogue One prequel starring Diego Luna and Alan Tudyk. I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't start filming, I think, until next year, so it's going to be a while. The Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh, this is real. I actually saw the on the stage and Ewan McGregor walks out and he's like, uh, he told Kathleen Kennedy, he goes, ask me, will I ever play Obi-Wan Kenobi again? And she says, will you ever play Obi-Wan Kenobi again? He goes, yes, I will. And everyone's like, ah, and he goes, people have been asking me that question for years. And I was like, I don't know, but now I can finally say, yes, I am. They will begin production next year. So what is it going to be 2001, 2021, 2022 before we see it? It's right. going to be a while. And also finally, Star Wars trilogy from Benny Star Wars trilogy from Benioff and Weiss, Weiss, the guys who did Game of Thrones for HBO. The new films from Game of Thrones showrunners have been shrouded in mystery since they were first announced last year, probably because they haven't thought of anything yet. There have been Unconfirmed reports that the project would be set during the Knights of the Old Republic, which I think would be pretty awesome, roughly 4,000 years before the events of A New Hope. Let's just stay away from this this timeline, I think, would be the, a good thing. And it would firmly remove them from the familiar era of all previous Star Wars films. Benny Hoff and Weiss are committed to fleshing out a treatment for the Star Wars trilogy and write at least one of those scripts. Wow, okay. Can't wait to see their vision. <laughs> We're going to write one of them. In 2017, Disney announced that the new trilogy was being developed by Ryan Johnson. While there's nothing official to suggest that plan has changed, and in fact, Johnson has noted on Twitter that nothing has changed, it also is not clear if Disney will commit to the new trilogies at the same time, given that CEO Bob Iger's subsequent pledge to reduce the studio's Star Wars movie output and Benioff and Weiss's, I just say his name different every time, Project Be Given a Release Date. Yeah, whatever. Dumb story. But anyway, let's talk about The Mandalorian, Stephen. The first trailer for the highly anticipated live-action Star Wars show, The Mandalorian, is finally here. The Mandalorian will stream exclusively on Disney's upcoming streaming service, Disney+, Plus, which I will be getting. I mean, it's five ninety nine, and you can tie it in with Hulu. It'll be fine. It will be the first live action Star Wars television show, and reportedly has a massive shooting budget of fifteen million dollars per episode. That's about like Game of Thrones was, I think. The series takes place in the time after the fall of the Empire and before the rise of the First Order, and focuses on the titular Mandalorian, a lone gunslinger played by Pedro Pascal. He will be joined by Gina Carano a former rebel shock trooper who's a bit of a loner, and Carl Weathers, the head of a guild of bounty hunters, which sounds awesome. The new trailer expands upon previously seen footage. Steven, let's check out the trailer. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, we've got some store trooper helmets. Seeing on pikes. What do you call those pikes? I would. ship looks good good visuals 
Not a lot of dialogue, just vi visuals. <laughs> I like the shit that's cool. This is gonna be cool, man. We got the shot. Giancarlo Esposito. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Ooh, Don't you agree? Dude, I'm gonna watch that shit one day when it comes out. <laughs> November 12th, I'm gonna like, okay, it's like seven in the morning, let's start watching. That looks awesome. That's going to be a lot of fun. And Dave Filoni, who is, has... All the episodes released at the same time. Yeah, I believe I've read that. Uh, I'm excited. I'm really... I. How many episodes are there of this? I think I, I read somewhere there's eight. Okay. A lot of the Marvel shows they announce are like six episodes. And here's a weird thing. I want to go ahead and talk about this. First of all, I'm very excited about The Mandalorian. I'm going to watch it. I would say I need to see more, but I'm teased. I'll just wait till November 12th. I don't need to see anymore. Now, they talked a bit about the WandaVision show. It's uh, the Scarlet Witch and Vision ha are going to have their own show. And WandaVision is going to be exactly as weird as the title always made it sound. Okay, this is what it says. Ever since its title, the off-model, while still technically containing the names of its stars, WandaVision, was announced, we knew that Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany's little corner of the Disney Plus MCU TV universe was going to be kind of strange. It doesn't help that one of the main characters is dead, and without any time travel shenanigans to help explain him come back to life. Now, per the coverage of this week's D23 Expo, we finally got news that WandaVision is going to be exactly as weird as it always sounded, being described as half-classic sitcom, half-MCU spectacular. Said classic sitcom elements apparently include the appearance of Katherine Hahn playing Gladys Kravitz-esque nosy neighbor, along with sitcom royalty Randall Park who previously showed up in Ant-Man and the Wasp, and for some reason, Kat Dennings reprising her role from the Thor films. In other words, it sounds bonkers. We're pretty sure things will inevitably take a turn for dark at some point. The easy money is on this being Wanda's way of using her reality-warping powers to process Vision's Thanos-inflicted death. There's likely to be a whole lot of bad punning and bewitched riffing action along the way. What the hell? So I think... Uh, Vision isn't real. She's going to be in some kind of weird reality, like creating him from her her mind. So and it'll be some kind of weird. I, I mean, wonder if anybody else can see him, or if it's just going to be her imagination of him. I mean, I'm, if it's a physical, yeah, interpretation of Vision, or I mean, I'm going to watch the. I her love crazy. The, I love the character, so I'm going to watch it. But it does sound freaking weird. And I think it's funny that the character from uh, <laughs> from uh, Thor is going to be in it, Cat Dennings, okay. from Two Broke Girls. Did you ever watch that show, Stephen? I tried. I watched a little bit here and there, but it wasn't. 
You know that one actress from... Uh, I mean, they're all just one-liners after the other strung into a sitcom. You know the lady who is Stifler's mom? In uh-huh. The, she was on there. She'd be like, hi, everybody! And everybody go, woo! And start clapping. I go, why, are, why is everyone why? clapping? Why? Why? Because she is, was Stifler's mom. She's, it's so annoying. She'd be like, hi, everybody! And everyone's like, woo, yeah! It's like she didn't just say what you talking about, like yeah. Arnold Jackson. Now that's worth cheering for, right? <laughs> or if when Fonzie goes, hey, and everyone's like, yeah, woo! But she's just like, hi, the man! And she's like, shut up. All right, Stephen, uh, let's, let's check out what we should be streaming this week. 13 Reasons Why is on Netflix, season three premiere. The teen drama picks up eight months after the spring fling as a mystery unravels surrounding the death of of Bryce Walker. Oh, spoiler alert. I didn't know Bryce was dead. I've never watched the show, Stephen. Me neither. I heard that it may cause me to kill myself, so I wasn't going to take a chance. <laughs> Jawline documentary premiere. Filmmaker Liz Mandelup presents the story of a 16-year-old Austin Tester, an up-and-coming internet star who strives to escape a dead-end life in rural Tennessee. All right. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Stephen, on the CW, Master of Illusion. Magicians include Tetro, Bill Cook, Anna de Guzman, Andy Gladwin, Steve Brunich, and Greg Freewin. I don't know what the hell that is. Have you ever heard of that? Is there just going to be a magic show? A Master of Illusion. And, of course, BattleBots, Stephen. A group of underdogs attempt to secure a spot in the top 16 while Rotator and the undefeated Death Roll duke it out. In the main event. How cool is that? I used to like the Robot Wars when uh, Craig Charles was the uh, the commentator. Yeah, I, I loved on that show when they go, Roboteer, stand by. Yeah, I like that guy's voice. I see Lister up there. And also I wanted commenting to on the next Friday, The Dark Crystal on Netflix. I love the movie as a kid. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I don't remember a lot about it. I need to rewatch it before the series comes yeah. on. Yeah, because uh, it looks it's been in, years since I've seen have it. Have you seen as the well. trailer to it? Uh, no, I've I've seen little makings of, and you know the the big crow creatures or whatever they are, the it, big bird. Uh, I knew what they were all called before, but I can't remember anymore. It looks pretty skexies or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gelflings and. Uh, Stuff like that. Let's see if I can find the most recent trailer because it looks pretty cool. Let's see. Steven, do the match game music. I don't know what off the top Okay, here we go. Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. The darkening corrupts Those are the I saw Dark Crystal in the same theatre that I watched Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark and E.T. I just remember it being quite an overwhelming experience. Another one of those movies where you come out of the cinema slightly changed. It's such an incredibly all-encompassing, vivid world on a level with Middle Earth or Pandora or Westeros. Dark Crystal does mean a lot to so many people. It is... A rare film that has an entirely original fantasy world. That's one of the reasons we wanted to go back there. Lisa Henson. The series is a prequel. I think it starts in the time when the Gelfling had a rich and prosperous civilization. Oh, hail the lords of the crystal! Oh, hail the Shexies! 
We're meeting these characters right at the peak of the Skeksis' power. So what are the they evil ones? They look up names? to the Skeksis. The Skeksis are these benevolent the ones are leaders. They are the, the lords the of the crystal. The and Gelflings? our show is the moment that the Gelflings start to say, Gelflings. maybe Gelflings. they aren't so great. He's the son of the captain of the guard. But what about the good guys? He's Remember they were like, used to be one creature. The Skeksis are the real traitors. The they lied to us about everything. Yeah. He basically has to go on this All right, I'm caught up. I'm ready right to make watch everyone aware of what's really going on. There's got a lot of uh, known actors doing voices in that. That's pretty cool. I'm, you know, I'm sold. Stephen, what do you say we do some DVDs? Let's do it. All right. Me, 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 me. Let's do the DVDs! Ow! Let's do some DVDs! Let's do some DVDs! Let's do some DVDs! 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 HD! Blu-ray! Standard Edition! Hell yizzle the DV dizzles. Now we gotta add in 4K. <laughs> oh dear. Are you trying to kill me? Alright, Steven, DVDs this week. Let's check this out. Forbidden Zones Anniversary Edition? <laughs> no. No? The Secret Life of Pets 2. Huh? Nice. Mm, yeah, not, I don't know. not to mention. Okay, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. You saw this in the yes, theater. Yes, did see this. Pretty awesome. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Pretty weird. Not, not awesome. enough Godzilla, but there never is. Um, Does Godzilla win in the end, Steven? <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> Losers. I knew it. Damn it. Oh, dear. What about Rocket Man, Steven? Rocket um, Man. That comes out on Tuesday as well. Oh, I guess uh, I remember I'm supposed to say this. Tuesday, August 27th. That's when these are coming out. Gotcha. Rocket Man, starring uh, the that one guy, Taron Edgerton. And I, you know what? what's funny is I heard that he does a fantastic job and the movie's fantastic. Uh, people are like, this movie will not get recognized at the Oscars the way the Freddie Mercury movie did. And this was like way better than that one. And in fact, Taron Edgerson sang all the songs himself. Yeah. And, uh, what's his face? Uh, Mialik, whatever it is. Rami Malik. Rami Malik. Yeah. He lip synced all of them. Thank you, Jessica. She loves the DVD song. <laughs> uh, a million little things that complete first season. Steven, did you watch that? No. It's uh, starring Ron Livingston. He's a he's got a group close group of friends, James Roday's in it. They're all great, you know, quirky friends, they're all having a good time. Ron Livingston kills himself on the pilot episode. They <laughs> don't know why. And the whole rest of the season they're trying to figure out why did he do this and they're trying to deal with the repercussions. <laughs> Never uh, heard of it. I, I watched every episode of the show, I thought it was pretty good. Chicago Fire, Chicago Med is that a Netflix one? The uh, A Million Little Things? That's on ABC. ABC? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago Fire Season 7. I w- I'm guilty of watching that show. Talk about a show that, like... Procedural. I have no passion for, and I just watch it, you know? And uh, Chicago Med. 
uh, I'm just, guys, I don't know what I'm doing. NCIS Los Angeles. Have you ever seen a second of that show with LL Cool J? No, I can't say I have, honestly. It's, uh... It's that one with the little, uh, the little short lady with the glasses. Was she on that one? Um, yes. She's yes, like the, the... Linda Hunt. Yes. You're right. <clears throat> no, I had no interest <laughs> Uh, don't watch it. Come on. How many seasons are there? Now, this one's interesting, Stephen. It's called the Banana Splits movie. Yes. The Banana Splits movie, it was supposed to be a day full of fun for a young boy named Harley's birthday. A young boy named Harley's birthday. As he, That's his name? Or did somebody misprint this? <laughs> it was supposed to be a day full of fun for a young boy named Harley on his birthday as he and his mother father and brother Austin were going to see a taping of the banana splits tv show in turn it was also supposed to be a regular day for series producer rebecca however these expectations greatly change when the day takes quite a turn for the worst bodies everywhere and more of them piling up as the day goes on will harley and his family and new friends make it out of what i don't understand any of this so is it a horror movie yes so the banana splits, what I understand, and their TV show gets canceled. And so... And this last episode of their show becomes a whole... You know, they start killing everyone. Okay. they Why would they do that? Is Chongo in it? They're all in it. Bingo. Oh, Chongo! <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, no, no Danger Chongo. Island. Yeah. I don't know if he... I, I remember know. as a kid, I would be like, oh, Danger Island. I wanted him to say, oh, Chongo. But why? Why was that entertaining? <laughs> why are we so simple at such a young age? You were a child, and you didn't Be- know what oh Chongo meant. Because what does it mean? It's monkey. Uh-oh, monkey? Yeah. Oh. I think that's what it is. That's it? what they called Chongo. Or they'd say, uh-oh, Chongo. And I never understood why. What are you doing, monkey? <laughs> now, Stephen, have you watched the series Into the Badlands on AMC? Yes, I do like that show. Season three is coming out. Is that pretty good? I've never given it given it the time of day. Um, I'm I haven't seen this last season. I've seen the first two, and I I do enjoy it. Nice. Um. Also. Sorcerer Hunters complete series. This must be some TV show. I don't know what it is. Never heard of it. Uh, the Flash, the complete fifth season. Now I'm still watching The Flash, Stephen. I watch it every season. I love The Flash. I love the characters. But man, those 22 episode seasons—they get hard to get through. Man, <laughs> there's some turkeys in those seasons. I've never made it through a season of Arrow ever. I've never seen a finale of Arrow. Well, maybe once because I forced myself, but I end up skipping like episodes I missed just to watch the finale. Like I have not watched like the final eight episodes of this season of Arrow, but I'll watch the season premiere. You know, (laughs) let's face it. Arrow is not a good show, but the flash it's more enjoyable. Um, I'm curious to see what Batwoman's going to be like. With Ruby Rose. I'm curious mm-hmm. about that. Hopefully it's more fun like The Flash than turgid like Arrow. Yeah. Know? I hope. Yeah. I try- the first season or two of Arrow I watched and I kind of fell out. It got kind of... 
I don't know why I didn't keep going on with it. It just I lost interest, I guess. It's a turkey, yeah. I mean, I I like the actor who plays Arrow, and I like the side cast, but it's like the first season was pretty interesting, you know. It's like because yeah. you were trying to find out, you know, he was found, well, you know, at yeah, sea. Yeah, I've, I've talked about Heather. I remember she would sometimes be on the couch, like looking at her tablet while I'm watching it, and I'm like, Heather, all the show is is them always arguing, like. I can't believe you're going to do that. He's like, well, I have to. It's like, no, don't do that. Yes, I have to do it. You just don't understand. You're right. I don't understand. Every scene is the, uh, them doing that. They're always arguing. And then, you know, they kind of make up for a bit. Like there's the whole Oliver and Felicity. Will they, won't they? And finally they got married and she's like, uh, you know, well, I need to, get back into this. I'm going to help you fight crime again. No, I don't want you to because I need you to be safe. Well, I'm going to with whether you say, I don't want you to do it. Well, I'm going to do it. And it's just like, here, here we go again. They're just fighting. So stop it. Yeah. And it's just like so exhausting. Now, Steven, uh, that was DVDs this week. I know there wasn't very many, but I say we all pick up the banana splits movie. So the Chongo was actually, it says, I looked it up and it said, uh, it bun. It's like a hairstyle or something. Oh, it's, it's, it's a, a uh, Spanish hairstyle or something. Okay. But okay. I, I had heard that it said. It I was, thought it was going to do I, something. I thought it was monkey the... for years. I thought I'd heard that. Uh oh, monkey! <laughs> I thought because he was kind of because he was kind of a like a wild child. Yeah. Well, I thought you were going to say it had something to do with drugs. No, 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 like no. Chongo man. <laughs> or you know, like. Uh, you know, bong hit or something. It's like taking a bong. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it is. Dude! All right, Steven, what do you say we read some Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> you say neither. I say You say neither. And I say neither. Either, either, neither, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. Yes, you like potato, I like potato, you like tomato, I like tomato, potato, potato, tomato, tomato, let's call the whole thing off. I like stale tomato juice. What's happening? <laughs> All right, Stephen, Angel has fallen. Uh, how was that uh, drinking bottle or what, what was it? It's like a, a little koozie type thing or you can actually fill it with water and it has like a top on it like a, it smells uh, very strong what are those uh arctic cooler thing cups ah. well steven angel i haven't fallen. used it obviously <laughs> it's currently 46 percent rotten oh dear uh -uh. when there is an assassination attempt on u.s president alan trumbull played by morgan freeman his trusted confidant secret agent mike banning played by gerard butler is wrongfully accused and taken into custody after escaping from capture he becomes a man on the run and must evade his own agency and outsmart the fbi in order to find the real threat to the president desperate to uncover the truth banning turns to unlikely allies to help clear his name Keep his family from harm and save the country from imminent danger. Oh, I hope he does it. Starring also Lance Reddick, whom I love, and Jada Pinkett Smith and Piper Parabo. All right, Stephen. <clears throat> Piper Piper Parabo. Piper Parabo. You know, it's like a parabo. 
That's like one of the stories that has like a, you a just meme. pronounced her name funny, isn't it? <laughs> Piper Barabo? Yes. Piper Parable. Parable? Yes. yes. Weird story. There's no thrill to this thriller, nor is there nuance to the characters. Two out of four. I give them a special gold star for using the word nuance. I think that's good. Simon Abrams of RajaEbit.com says, If this type of no-brow entertainment is your thing, you may find something to like in Angel Has Fallen. But that doesn't mean you need what these guys are reselling, if you know what I mean. One out of four. I don't know what you mean. Soren Anderson of the Seattle Times says, Angel Has Fallen plays out exactly as you would expect from the potboiler of this type. No surprises here, other than it exists at all. Two out of four. Rotten. Two out of four is average, right? Yep. Lindsay Barr of the Associated Press says... two averages so far. It might still be passable for cable. (laughs) But this series has sadly fallen into unwatchable territory. One out of four. Boom. Oh, my God. Okay. Ben Kenigsberg says The Fugitive, to which Angel owes perhaps even its rooftop finale to, is a template against which this sort of movie inevitably falls short. I give it no stars. No stars? Mick LaSalle of San Francisco Chronicle says Butler can do more, but he's so good at doing this. One thing that it has become is his brand. That might be a blessing or a curse, but if it's curse, there are worse curses. Three out of four. That's really what his review says, Stephen. <laughs> Dom Sinicola, my favorite beverage. It isn't a handsome movie so much as sufficiently tonally on point, shot through with a sense of suffering at the heart of Mike Banning, knowing that in the end, he'll return to President Trumbull, having defeated his enemies. 6.9 out of 10. I'm going on vacation. Okay. Mark Digisick of Mark Reviews Movies. Oh, okay. Here we see the modern-day sequel laid bare as a hollow, money-driven expectation. No straight... Who has watched any of these movies? White House Down. The other one I can't even think of. Who... How are there three of these movies, Stephen? Have you watched any of them? Um, Who the hell is watching these for them to be a freaking trilogy? Who is watching these movies and paying for them? I saw. I think I saw White House Down on TV. I didn't pay for it. Go to the theater. Uh, what's the other one? The uh, trying to think of the name of it. Not. Uh, I can't. But think tonight of it. we died in hell. I think that's the only Gerard Butler movie I've seen. <laughs> uh, Lee Patched says, just like 2013's Olympus has, fallen, Olympus has Fallen and 2016's London Has Fallen, Butler's new movie is as dumb as a pile of bricks, but still stacks up on pure adrenaline extraction grounds. 2.5 out of 5. That should be fresh. Actually, no, I saw the other one with the Channing Tatum. That's the white house <clears throat> down. Is it Channing Tatum or Tatum Channing? Think about it, Stephen. 2.5 out of 5. Is that rotten or fresh? It's average, so it's neither. <laughs> I don't think you can do an average and give yourself an a. It's evens. It's evens. Asher, Liberto. I mean, it's watchable to me at two point <laughs> five. It's like that's a cable movie. You know, wait till it comes on cable and watch. Right. That's not a pay movie. Angel has fallen as a glumping installment to a glumping action franchise. 
Is that a real word? Galumping? Galumping. Galumping. With a hero who's been beaten to a pulse. The next one could very well be called Gerard Butler has fallen. Natural causes. <laughs> oh, man. That is a good joke. That's a horrible joke. Oh, cut the bleeding heart crap, will ya? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Uh, Elena Lazik. Surgery. She's got her eyes fixed. Mm. Little White so she Lies. She saw the movie really well. Is the name of the site she's on. Uh, the product of a vague and unconvincing plot. The violence here is simply and purely awful. Two out of five. James Barrera Dara Dinelli of Real View says, Angel Has Fallen feels like it was cobbled together with a cliched action scene and circumstances overused by the once popular TV series 24. Two out of four. I'm trying to find uh, a guy that we haven't seen. Eric D. Snyder of Crooked Marquis says, Gerard Butler is not good at anything, and it's time we stop trying to make him be C-. minus. That should be fresh. C-, minus. that's average. Mm-hmm. That's below average. Just a hair. So Whatever I would call that, that's a negative. C-. minus. Kate Sanchez of But Why Though, a geek community, says, What? We all know that Angel Has Fallen won't win any awards, but... I do think it should win your price of admission. Six out of ten. Wow. She dug liked it. it. She liked it. Hey, Mikey. They're pushing it at Comic-Cons. Wait a second. Daniel M. Kimmel of the New England Movies Weekly has his review also for the Sci-Fi Movie page. So he has his review twice, both counting as fresh. So I'm going to say a discrepancy in the percentage category here, Stephen. Mm-hmm. He says the point of the series is that it provides visceral and violent action, delivering plenty of jolts mixed in with a dash of humor. For the love of God, what did he say? No frills, but not without thrills. Angel Has Fallen is the literal manifestation of Friday Night Fluff, and that's just fine for its target audience, says James Marsh of South China Morning Post. <gasps> Let's just take a breath. <sighs> Gary Wolcott says, falls as hard and badly as Olympus in London, though no one has understood a word he said in a decade Nick Nolte is the only actor having any fun. He just not in it enough. Okay. I think there might be a typo there, Stephen. I'm sure. Or we get a really bad reviewer. This is no day for a dude. No, it's not. Robert Colger of Flickering Myths says, How nice of Lionsgate to basically screen the next Call of Duty campaign on the big screen. Three out of five. I just picked up a paycheck, bitch. Oh, my God. He he gets paid for that horrible review? He did. And he called you a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> How dare he? <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Steven, I'm a real problem muck, uh, you're, clearing you're... my throat there. <clears throat> you son of a bitch. Okay, Graham Tuckett of Stuff.co, uh, New Zealand says this is mostly tired, lazy, unambitious, and only ever unintentionally funny. Plod through the cliches. I it wasn't coherent. All right, ready or not, I've heard good things about this. I swear, literally, it was ninety percent uh, fresh when I first open Rotten Tomatoes. Now it's 
Okay, ready or not, I wonder what the hell is this movie? I keep seeing commercials to it. Yes. It says, Ready or Not follows a young bride played by Samara Weaving as she joins her new husband, rich, his, her new husband's rich eccentric family in a time-honored tradition that turns into a lethal game with everyone fighting for their survival. So this rich family plays a game where you draw a card or something, and so it's they're all out to kill her, and she has to fight for her survival. It also stars Adam Brody, Mark O'Brien... Henry Cherney and Andy McDowell. <clears throat> Pete Travers says, what a decadent blast to watch a comic takedown of the rich done with the rude energy of a hard thriller and the courage of its own manic anti-marriage convictions. I give this a three out of five. Cha-ching. Fierce it was. Mark Kennedy of the Associated Press says, Weaving is vulnerable, deadpan funny, scared, and resolute, turning a role that could have been one-dimensional into something vibrant and authentic. Made off. Three out of four. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, David Sims of The Atlantic. He also created Cerebus the Aardvark. The real fun comes from the ways it subverts its time-tested story, balancing wry commentary and straightforward horror in its portrait of fumbling arrogance and curdled privilege. Amazing Angelica Jade Bastion of The New York Magazine says, At its best, the movie is a vicious, richly funny, and artfully brutal tale that places Weeding's performance as its gravitational center. you guys. Randy Cordova of our Arizona... Is that dated for me to go Cordova, Stephen? Just like the old commercial with uh, Khan from Wrath of Khan? <laughs> joke, no joke, don't care. Okay. Uh, Randy funny. Cordova says, <laughs> This isn't a great horror movie so much as a fun thrill ride. 3.5 out of 5. Okay? I didn't think it was a horror movie, Randy. What the hell's that dude's problem? This is no day for a dude. I didn't think it was. I don't even know what that means. Adam Graham of Detroit News says, Ready or not, attempts to critique the super rich and the anxieties, Stephen, the anxieties of marriage. Uh, I lost my place. (laughs) But winds up drowning in its own pool of blood. You somehow managed to completely sabotage the show. Oh, sorry. Miles Surrey of The Ringer says, Ready or not is a lot of fun, but (laughs) what it's selling should also feel familiar to the biggest difference is that sometimes when the film skewers the 1%, it also does so literally. What are you... What? Okay. Do you understand what he means by that? I do know what he meant. Oh, okay. Get a f***ing grip, dude. Christopher Lloyd, who's also in Back to the Future of the film Yap, says... Knockout scares and drop dead laughs in this year's best horror film so far. Wait a second. We had a guy, Randy, said this isn't a great horror movie so much as a fun thrill ride. This guy says knockout scares and drop dead laughs in this year's best horror film. I'm so confused. He gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Randy gave it a 3.5 out of 5. I guess they're both fresh and I should just move on. But still, is it a horror movie or not, Steven? No. Good. Now we're all even. All right. Kiko Martinez of the San Antonio Current says the movie flirts with big concepts and then flakes out. 2.5 out of 5 lame sauce. 
What? What is Kiko talking about? Everybody That's... else is praising this movie. Let's see. He doesn't like. He's scared of horror movies. Oh, he's really like he was scared, but he's going. Eh, I didn't like it. He was hiding his eyes the whole friggin' movie. He Big didn't wing. see any of it. <laughs> joke, no fingers. joke. Don't care. Stop. Stephen Procopy, which is also your middle name, <laughs> remember last week of the Third Coast Review, says thanks to tight, effective directing by the radio silence team of Matt Benning, Benettinelli, Open, and Tyler Gallette, and perfect pacing. Why did he have to confuse me with these names? Couldn't he have said thanks to the tight, effective directing by the directors and perfect pacing by the editors? Ready or not, zings like electricity. All right. Uh, this guy's really getting on Just trying to show you how smart he is. I know who the directors and editors are. <laughs> Todd Jorgensen of Cinemalog says, With style and attitude to spare, the film nevertheless struggles to balance its comedic and successful elements. Suspenseful elements. That's a word. That I meant to say. He made it f- uh, rotten. Oh, wow. Yeah, he didn't like it, Steven. Which is unusual. Uh, again, not a f- he's afraid of horror movies. Oh, I'm sorry, this is freaking weird. I know. Is this a good movie or not? He just doesn't know <clears throat> if it's a horror or a thriller. <laughs> yeah. I don't like thriller movies. I don't like horror movies, so I didn't like this. Wait, what? All right, Steven, Rotten Tomatoes is doing that thing where it won't let me see the next page. Bastards. Steven, cue up the uh, match game music. That's Jeopardy. That's yeah. Jeopardy. Excuse me? All right, come on, man. Made off. Come on, Rotten Tomatoes. Why does it do this Slow to us? Slow Rotten Tomatoes. So how are you doing, Steven? I'm good. Tired. It's a long week. Yeah. Where were you this week? I was in the Bay Area. What? Get yes. out of here. You were in the Bay Area. Did you see a certain guy there? I did not. I did text him and tell, tell him I was there. He was dealing with the first week of school stuff. But we may... I'll be back there next week, so... Oh, that would be so cool So we kind of talked about if we get, if, if he has time, uh, we may, may hook up for dinner. Have a, have a little chat. Cool. Go downstairs, Mary. I'm a little far from him. I'm about an hour plus away. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Stephen, uh, Stacy Lane Wilson says, just the right ratio of gourd to giggles, fresh. Okay. We waited all that time for that. Robert Horton of Herald.net, or is it Heraldnet? It'd be better if his name is Harold. Harold.net. That's where I review movies. My name is Harold. I'm pretty uh, creative, aren't I? Maybe my name is Net, too. Harold.net Net. Yeah, I mean, like, this film does its job, I guess. I mean, delivering bloody laughs and sending the upper crust to Keenan come. Good. Enough for the dog days of August, I guess. I mean, 
I mean, I like other movies and stuff, but I mean, I had nothing else to do on this day. So waiting for the Mandalorian. That's not till November. What the hell else am I going to do? Three out of four. Okay. He's kind of grumpy. Hot on the Mandalorian, though. <laughs> Jeffrey M. Anderson of Combustible Celluloid says, A delightfully tense, squeal-inducing chase film. <laughs> Based on a clever idea and a handful of tight comic performances. <laughs> I want my dollar! Dan Liebarger, inventor of cheese of the Arc. <laughs> my brain won't even form the word Arkansas. Arkansas Democrat Gazette. <clears throat> I wonder if Adam knows this guy, Adam Sexton. Dan Lieberger says, Smart Weaving projects just enough steely resolve to make viewers believe she could survive an armed standoff with no weapons of her own. I give it an 82 out of 100. Nice. It's quite a, quite a, yeah. Deidre Crimmins of High Def Digest says, Ready or Not is everything you want out of a solid horror comedy. Blood, humor, and a kiss of social commentary, if I could say the word right. I just... Uh... Commentary. Okay. Thank you. Who is that lady, by the way, Stephen? <laughs> Michael Smith says, So beyond... Oh, Michael W. Smith of Tulsa World and also Christian Rock so beyond not developing its characters or being original, Ready or Not is never scary, it's never smart, and guess what? It's never also. It's never good. Christ Almighty. Oh my God, that guy did not like it. 1.5 out of 4. So all these other people are wrong? Yes. Rob no. Vox. How would you say that guy's name? Vox? Rob Vox? Or Rob Vox? Vo. Rob Vo. Vo. Of the sci fi movie page says. Because if you put an F in front of it, that'd be Fo. Oh, you're right. He says this, Stephen. Rennie or not is is nothing more than a little dark fun on its mind. Wait, what are you saying? But it knows that evil in the men's hearts. I don't know I'm off the hook that. 3.5. He's, I think he's shy or something. I don't know what's going on there. Some mumble critic. <laughs> he's a mumble critic. <laughs> uh, okay, let's find another movie. How about... Uh, what is Overcomer, Stephen? Never heard of it. Oh, okay. Overcomer. Life changes overnight for coach John Harrison when his high school basketball team and state championship teams are crushed under the weight of unexpected news. When the largest manufacturing plant shuts down and hundreds of families leave their town, John questions how he and his family will face an uncertain future. After reluctantly agreeing to coach cross country, John and his wife Amy meet an aspiring athlete who's pushing her limits on a journey towards discovery, inspired by the words and prayers of way what? The words and prayers of a newfound friend, John becomes the least likely coach helping the least likely runner attempt the possible impossible in the biggest race. Oh, oh God, Stephen, this is such a long plot. I'm having trouble breathing. Let's just take a breath. I don't even know what is what what is the movie again? <laughs> Starring Alex Kendrick and Sherry Rigby. Okay, Stephen. Just the description put me to sleep. I got shorter breath. Stop, okay? 
I don't Kimber, know what the movie's about, even from you reading that. So it's about it's a somebody coach. praying. Somebody, this is, oh my God, this is a Jesus movie. This is one of them Jesus movies, Stephen. <laughs> it's one of them Jesus movies. For the love of God, what did he say? Jesus so, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so Kimberly, Kimber Myers of the Los Angeles Times says this, Stephen. Kendrick's film eventually finds its legs. <laughs> it's a running movie, uh, I think. Uh, right? Uh, I is don't it? Know. Or is it not? I, I, I don't, don't know. know anything about this. <laughs> she says that with an emotionally effective conclusion that might persuade even the cynics to its cause, I have joined church since watching this. Oh my oh. God. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Jesus Christ. Carlos Aguilar of The Rap says, scene after rambling scene, everyone in front of the camera spells out the script's messaging with verbose, bold-faced statements that do nothing to improve the overall quality of the cast's efforts. Overacting runs rampant. I hated this movie! Christ Almighty. Mark Dujasic of RogerEbert.com says, the whole is cheap cheesy and to put it charitably churchy (laughs) (laughs) that's actually funny this is so churchy you know jesus stop it nick shaker of variety says overcomer offers nothing in the way of nuance even its title is awkward and also no respite from its religious propagandizing propagandizing Propagandize. Ing. So, in your face, Sandra Hall of Sydney Morning Herald says, Well, see, it's like a moderately boring teen movie with predictable ending and science transforming into a sermon on the miraculous powers of prayer of Jesus. Christ Almighty. I think Sandra was drunk. I think she was. Jamie Broadnax of Black Girl Nerds says, uh, okay, the story invites anyone who has experienced a season of failure or a season of loss to find something to keep them going. That thing is called finding your faith, Stephen. I think maybe we should go see this. What do you say? Am I in hell? No. (laughs) No. All right, let's see what Mark Dujasic says. Oh, I already read what Mark Dujasic Oh, you know what? Only six, six. people reviewed this movie. <laughs> All right, Stephen, that's Rotten that's Tomatoes the, this that's week. That's the six Christians in Los Angeles. <laughs> but it's still, it's it's 33% Rotten, so that's like, wow. So I was corrected by Melissa. Chango, C-H-A-N-G-O, is monkey. <laughs> C-H-O-N-G-O is a hairstyle, or bun, or something. Ah. Uh, okay. Well, it's a Steven, hair bun. Derbert, um. So I was right. You were right. I thought so. All I, I just spelt it wrong in Google I'm to double-check myself. Melissa thinks this. Did she watch Danger Island also just waiting for him to say, uh-oh, Chongo? Uh, and then we'd be like, hey, and be like, why am I entertained by this? <laughs> Good. Now we're all even. Well, guys, that was uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Congratulations. Oh, well, thank you. And uh, 
I guess we'll be uh, ending the show soon. Oh, wow. So, Steven, you know what this means. That means you go stand over there, and I'll meet you in just a second. I'll be over here. You know, if if uh, listeners are curious where Steven goes, he's on one side of the room, and for the ender, we do it over there on remote with completely different computer and wireless hookup, right? Yes. So we just want to chill on the couch for the ender, kind of kick back. So, Steven, go meet you over there on the couch. I'm heading that way. This is no day for a do. Thank you. Good night. No, it's not. Here all week, try the veal. And I'm sorry, this is freaking weird. off. Let's just take a breath. I think Carol Potter's really helped me on this mm-hmm. episode. Take some breaths, relax. And Melissa did watch the banana splits. off. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Did she enjoy Ochongo? I would assume so. <laughs> Who couldn't? How do you not enjoy that? I know, it's good stuff. Oh my God, you were my fave in Chucky. Oh, well, thank you. All right, guys. Uh, you know what? Hold on just a second, Stephen. Okay. I, I know this is kind of crazy, but I just got to check something. For them to say, uh oh, Chongo. Yeah, damn it. I just go over and apologize. I'm sorry, everybody. They call an island guy a monkey. Yeah, I think that's pretty offensive nowadays. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, guys, that was the show. Thank you so much for listening to Entertainment Landfill. And by the way, I wanted to tell Ken, like, the last. Nim Movie Mini we made was in 2014, July 4th, 2014. Uh, yep. Stephen and I did Jaws. That's how long ago. 2014. That was a long time ago. Yes, it was. I must have been. I remember I was trying to do a lot. Uh huh. Now, I just want to do the show. You know, don't do all this. You're trying to overdo yourself, is what you're saying. You try to almost burn yourself out. I burn myself. I've done it time and time again. I completely burn myself out. I'm trying not to do that this time. Just need to chill sometimes. So I'm trying not to burn out. I'm totally burned out, Stephen. What do I do? (laughs) I don't know what to do. I'm just like. Just read a book. uh... Just take a breath. 
I will say this. I in the third story in the Sword of Destiny, the whole page was set up and then turn the page, the first line made me laugh out loud. It was almost like I don't know how whoever laid the book out set it up for what the Witcher was observing, and then when he speaks, the first line of dialogue on the very next page made me laugh out loud because it was that funny. And uh, I love stuff like that. You know, it's like, man, I should read these book things more often, Stephen. I sure do like these book things. These wibbledy wobbledy things with paper in between with words on it. It's too much. I know, they're like too many pages most of the time, but I just, uh, you know, I try to, you know. I just go over and apologize. For what? I didn't do anything. Okay, guys, I'm sorry. This is episode Entertainment Landfill episode 312. Wait, I said that wrong. But guys, go to etlandfill.com. There you can find all your entertainment landfill needs, such as last week's episode and the Witcher Book Club episode, The Last Wish. I will say this. I want to be better prepared for the next show. Ross really knowledgeable with The Witcher he, you stuff. know, when I was re-listening to it, he was asking me questions and stuff, and I was like, I should have been asking Ross questions, like, also. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to do better. I'm going to be a better co-host next time, because it's a kind of overwhelming. When you're doing a show where you're talking about a book, you can kind of recap it, but kind of go around everywhere. But in a book of short stories, you're concentrating on one short story at a time, you know? It's kind of hard to do that, <coughs> you know? Like the, I just the first one, the Striga story. Mm-hmm. Did you like that story? Yes. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, guys, also, if you want to check out Patreon uh, for as little as a dollar, you can pay whatever you want. That's the new setup. And I wanted to thank all of my patrons who've been very patient when we've been gone for a while. Adam Sexton, Darren Finland, Jenny, Jessica Lowe. Hey, Jessica, she's in the chat right now. John mm. Waltz, Carl, Ken Preventure. Mark Anderson, remember when we used to say Mr. Mr. Anderson. Anderson, Mike Metcalf, Sean Uyoka, Steve Steinbach, and Swiley. The guys, thank you guys so much for being patrons and not leaving when we weren't doing shows for whole months at a time. But we're back, baby, and we're doing more shows. So if you guys want to be like them, support the show, go to patreon.com slash landfill and support the show. That'd be awesome of you. And uh, guys, if you visit the entertainment landfill fan club on facebook you can uh, post funny stuff along with this or click likes whenever i post something it makes me feel better about myself and also you get an eight by ten glossy of pcc steven right why not <laughs> i did that joke last nobody week. wants that yeah i just go over and apologize Wait, what <laughs> why do i have to keep apologizing Mate, <laughs> off yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I said, happened. nobody wants that. And you're like, yeah. Like, maybe everybody wants that 8x10 glossy of me. They do. Okay. They do want that. Thank and you. also, they want a free box of... Beetle Nut. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> Beetle Nut? That is like the grossest name I've ever heard. Hot and hot. I know. Hot bomb. <laughs> Christ almighty. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want, send us a voicemail at nimpodcast at gmail.com. You just get your little smartphone. You record your message, attach it in an email, send it on by, play it on the show, just like Ken and Adam Sexton. It's pretty cool. 
Dude! I know. It's pretty Dude. impressive. Uh, so, Stephen, what do you say that uh, we go uh, watch Danger Island and we'll see you guys next time? And also, hey, just a, a move, uh, 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 book, NIM Book Club, ETL Book Club, ETL Witcher Book Club update. I will be trying to finish it by next week. <laughs> All right, guys. Later. later bye, Steven. Bye. You somehow managed to completely sabotage the show. Oh, crap. like a banshee it was. Now this is podcasting. For the love of God, what did he say? They look like little maggots. And yet so deliciously fascinating. Am I in hell? Dude! Get a f***ing grip, dude. What's happening? Let's just take a breath. <sighs> Beetle nuts. Which is so repellent. Maisie s***. Fierce it was. Stop, okay?